Blog Talk Radio. It's 
And good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to another uh, We Are Everyday People, and I am definitely the South Shore Time for Life. Uh, it is Thursday, November 19th, and got another good show. I think it's a, a, a wonderfully timed show. Uh, before that, I want to talk about, uh, just give a kudos for uh, this last weekend. I spent last weekend, my birthday weekend, down at uh, the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff with my younger son, who's uh, in his uh, senior year there. And I tell you, when, when, every time I go down there, I, I really feel, because I never had a chance, well, well, I never took the opportunity to go away to go to college. And uh, I tell you, when I go down there, when I'm around these HBCUs and, and these youth, I really feel like I'm living college through my son. I, I really feel like, I, I really feel that. It's just, it's, if you can understand that, believe me. Uh, but I want to give them kudos, man, because uh, it was a full house for their homecoming. And just the behavior, to see all these black kids, a stadium full of black on, on, on both sides because they played against Grambling State University. And uh, everybody just on their best behavior. See, all I can do is sit back. I sat in the last row of the stadium just so I can observe, sit and watch everything uh, from above. And it was just the best feeling I had to be able to see our people conducting themselves in a way that the media doesn't typically show you uh, the, the, the good and the way that they behave themselves. They, if, had there been a fight, that would have been uh, first dibs uh, on the news. But uh, nothing here, man. It was beautiful uh, inside and outside the stadium. They were tailgating. Everybody was friendly. I felt a sense of brotherhood, and it was just so nice seeing our young people uh, act the way that we know that they're capable of acting, but in a way that uh, this media doesn't give us, give us an opportunity to see. So kudos, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Kudos to Grand Lake State University, and uh, it was beautiful. I, I, there's nothing like an HBCU. I take nothing away from anybody else, but there's nothing like an HBCU because that's the only place you're going to see the site that I saw this uh, past weekend. So we're going to move on into today. I have a young lady on who was on before. I had a, had a very good show. I think one of my first, probably my first show of uh, South Shore College for Life uh, after the picnic. And uh, she's a certified uh, naturopath, uh, a certified uh, herbalist, nutritionist, and a health consultant. Uh, been doing this for over 20 years. And has been traveled overseas studying uh, and Come back with some knowledge from that. We'll get into that. Uh, but I want to welcome back again to We Are Everyday People, Ms. Medina Nance. Medina, thanks for coming back on again. Well, thank you so much for having me, Keith. I, I enjoy your show, and I'm honored to be on. I'm honored to have you. We're going to jump right. I, I said uh, before that uh, this, this is a really good time to have this show because we're getting into that time of year where we're going to have the noses running, the sneezes, the coughing, the colds, the flu. And uh, then we go out and we support and finance the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, one reason why I wanted to have you on now is so we can bypass that and maybe go into some preventive measures and some, some natural uh, remedies and preventions uh, that you know of to help people uh, in, you know, as, as well as you can uh, with natural sources. So what what when you this time of year is there anything in particular that you kind of put a warning out and say hey this is the time of year uh, let's do do these things uh, ha- have your stock in your kitchen you know set up this way uh, is there anything like that that you that you put out for the people? Well, 
I try to take into consideration that, you know, everyone isn't in the same place. You have a lot of people struggling. I go to senior buildings and talk to them about food, diet, and lifestyle. So I'm always looking to try to do a wide range. When I, when we were little, if you notice, people from the country in the south, they would take liquid cod liver oil. And I noticed some people would take it all year. Some people would start taking it in the winter because it coats the lungs, but it builds the immune system. It's a good source of vitamin D, which everyone's talking about, um, a good source of calcium. It strengthens the bones. It builds the immune system. It does so many things that I think that's one simple, inexpensive thing that, you know, a person can get and the whole family can do it. You know, I remember as a kid when uh, uh, me and my three brothers, my parents uh, would line us up and we would all have to take a uh, tablespoon of cod liver oil. I, I never understood it, and I hated it because at the time as a kid, I mean, who wants cod liver oil? But, uh, and I still, I never, we never asked any questions. What, what, was, what was that all about? Now, say, that, say that, that again. You, you said that kind of fast. Oh, I'm sorry. When I was a kid, my parents would line me and my brothers up, and we would all have to. We would all take a tablespoon of cod liver oil. I believe it was before bed. And I mm-hmm. never understood what it was. I didn't like it, but I never actually questioned. We just took it. And yes, I'm just thinking well, about it's, it now. it's good for a whole lot of oil. things. It builds the immune system, and it also helps to strengthen the bones, the muscles. Cartilage. As a matter of fact, I suggest liquid cod liver oil for people with joint problems, but, again, it's multidimensional. I just think it's something that parents used to give because they knew it was kind of like, um, you know, a good for, you know, something that was good for a lot of different things, but especially with the topic that you brought up, building the immune system. But there are so many things that I saw them doing that, as an herbalist now, I see were good, like even garlic. Garlic is known as Russian penicillin. That's how heavy something as simple as garlic is. And it does so many things. Building the immune system and a natural antibiotic is one of them. So that's another thing, cod liver oil and garlic. Mm -hmm. By the way, let me put the number out there for anybody who's listening and wants to call in. If they haven't seen the number on the uh, posting, it is 718-664-9513. 718-664-9513. Uh, any health concerns, any questions you have, uh, please call in. Uh, Medina, let me take you back to, you, you've been overseas uh, studying uh, this science, and what brought even that, even, even that to your mind to, to go overseas and studying, and how was Medina Nance uh, different coming back than she was before she went overseas? Well, that's a good question. Number one, I didn't plan it. So I just thank God because I felt like he was answering a prayer to help me with what I'm doing now. The company that I worked with, Nature Sunshine, I use their products mostly with my clients that come in Monday through Friday that are trying to get off medication or, you know, it's a wide variety of things they come in with. But I went with the company back in 2006 to China, and we did study Chinese herbs, um, Asian modalities of healing versus Western. And one of the things that I noticed is, you know, their, their health. It's, it's, it's 
uncommon for them to live to 100 and be in their right mind and physically fit. That's not common here at home. And I looked at the diet. Their diet is like 30% meat and dairy. A meal would be, our meal would be 70% meat and dairy. They are more active than we are, so you know they're slimmer um, people. But um, just the whole concept of the way that they handle health, actually in most places other than America, not just Asia, but in most places, Europe, Asia, India, you know, all all the places except here, I find that the the country delivers better food to the people. Food is a part of, you know, healing and prevention. But here in America, our whole health industry is based on drugs. It it, it seems that way. It's almost like it's it's, it's to take you by the hand and lead you to the drug and and, and keep that circle, keep keep it as a continuous circle. It's... It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, that's, I that's what it even... is. I mean, the, our, our health industry is built on a foundation of drugs. That's why they, when they talk about cures, you know, with marches and ribbons and walks and raising money, the focus is never on the cause. And in one of the shows that I taped, because I do, you know, the weekly TV show on health, Urban Renewal, I just taped five shows today, and I told people that the medical uh, uh, definition of drug is actually any medicinal substance. Those three words, any medicinal substance. Now, we just got finished talking about cod liver oil. That's medicinal. We mentioned garlic, that's medicinal. I mean, vitamin C, golden seal, echinacea. We're talking foods, vitamins, minerals. They're medicinal, but in America, we don't see those as being healing and medicinal. We look at drugs. So, you know, I know we need both, but I would say to people, you know, it's better to do prevention then it, it's it's much easier to do prevention than it is to try to treat a problem. Because yeah, people often re- will call me when they're in a hospice state or their loved one is in a hospice state, and that tells wow. me that they did everything else, and as a last resort, they just thought they'd give something natural a try. Wow. I was re- looking through your uh, one, of, one of the articles in your timeline where you were talking about meds and surgeries, how they save lives, they are, how they also, you know, take them. <laughs> they, they also take lives. And you're really, you're really high on recommending uh, uh, supplements and, and preventive, preventive medicine. Uh, as far as... I, and I looking at the diet, uh, too. I mean, you know, if we cut down yeah. on a lot of the sugars and... I hate to say it, wheat and corn, because we eat a lot of that in our diet. And they've switched the crops, so that's what makes it bad. I just like to bottom line it for people. The wheat and the corn that we have today is not the wheat and the corn that we had years ago. And people will find that if they stay away from those for a while and watch and see how their health is, it'll, it'll, it'll make a major difference. 
Wow. And then if they have it, they'll probably have it on occasion. And like I say to people, you know, we've all been raised eating pretty much a lot of the same things, you know, so um, the solution would be to clean it up and clean clean it out regularly. Speaking of, speaking of cleaning it out, as far as uh, detoxing, say someone uh, maybe has a drink or two on quite an occasion, uh, like daily, and they decide they want to just kind of chill and uh, maybe start doing something for their health uh, to clean out, maybe get their liver cleansed and so forth. Uh, what, 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 what best route would they take in order to do that? Well, first let's talk about when you say drinks on occasion. I mean, I've been to Europe, too, and I'll tell you, a lot of people in Europe, you know, say, for instance, France, where we just had the uh, catastrophe at, it's not uncommon for them to drink on a regular basis, but it's what they're drinking versus what, you know, maybe some other people might be drinking. If you get some really good wine, particularly the good red wines, they're actually good for you. Now, I'm not telling people to go out and get liquor and get drunk, but that isn't that isn't what they're doing. They're actually, you know, having some wine with a meal or and that's pretty good for you. It's, it's 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 not a bad thing. But if we're drinking the sugary drinks, the hard drinks, we just have to bear in mind that alcohol and pop or soda, whichever one you call it, um, and coffee, they all dehydrate us. So, um, you know, it is good to clean that stuff out periodically. And um, I know, you know, people are used to, you know, hearing, okay, do this. But everybody's body isn't the same. So what I try to do is tailor to a person what they need. Because the average person, if you say cleanse, some people think you're talking about colonics. Other people think you're talking about some lemon juice, cayenne pepper, and, you know, 100% maple syrup, the master cleanse. So you, you never know what people have in mind when they say detox or cleanse. So I try to find out a little bit about the person because they might not have a gallbladder. They Hmm. might have hemorrhoids. They might have um, colitis or diverticulitis. They might have irritable bowel syndrome. And if they have those things, I don't want to irritate or disrupt it. So, you know, there's a wide variety of different cleanses people can do. They can do mild ones. They can do short ones. They can do extended ones. You know, it all depends on yeah. what a person wants to do. But you know, you kind of you you really actually you, you instead of just coming up with general plans, you actually prefer sitting down and talking with the individual and getting some of their own personal history. Well, I don't get to sit down with everybody. I mean, you know, there are people who are not in the area, but I do like to make sure that before I suggest something to them, it doesn't counter indicate something they're already doing. Like, it's not unusual. I'll be in a health food store and somebody will run in and say, I got high blood pressure. What you got for that? (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll turn around and look and say, well, you know, they don't know what medication you're on or even if you're on a medication. So you better, you know, discuss that with them. So, you know, I, I, I try to take it seriously because I realize people may not know that. And they might think, oh, all herbs are okay, all vitamins are okay, but all herbs and vitamins and minerals do not mix with all medications. Mm-hmm. So, you now, know, I just, I just always want to be careful with that. 
you also uh, uh, recommend uh, you talk about extra virgin coconut or uh, olive oils instead of the uh, solid and processed oils. What uh, what what are people should people keep in mind when they're using these corn oils, Crisco corn oils, and vegetable oils, and uh, what what's the difference? Well, those are known in simple terms as bad fats. Those are the fats that clog up your arteries and cause heart attacks, strokes. Um, They can also uh, cause cancer, especially if the oil is heated and reheated and reused. And you know when you go to restaurants, they don't do like we may do at home and use the oil once and toss it. They use that oil sometimes over and over again. So that's a cancer-causing agent. When when the uh, uh, oil is reheated, so but I do um, list and give people a list of how to change their diet. But I did want to mention something to you that I see that's alarming, and that's that um, because you're talking about the immune system and it's flu season. I'm seeing that vaccines are now becoming mandatory. People are calling me up and they're saying they canceled my link and canceled my wick because I didn't get the child vaccinated. And that's hmm. kind of scary. It, it People is. are call, well, you is. know, were calling me up in June and July and, you know, uh whispering on the phone upset that that they were threatening to fire them if they didn't get a flu shot. So, you know, that's that's kind of scary because the vaccines are mandatory in California and Texas and if you look at how things go in Texas, that's usually how it rolls out in other states. The thing is, so I've been uh, saying to people, if you do have to get a vaccine, you know, to keep your job or you don't, you know, I'm not telling people, you know, vaccinate your babies because I think people should see what's in the vaccines. Then they can make a decision. Whenever people discuss vaccination, they don't discuss the ingredients in the vaccines and what they do to never. us. They know they don't. They, it, it, it's, I've never heard anything about what's in it. What, what is there? Are there any side effects? I've, I've and heard they don't that, want uh, us people... to talk about it. I mean, we know what lead-based paint did to babies and children and their brains. We heard about autism and a whole lot of other you know, things when the lead gets into the blood and goes to the brain. But if we took that seriously, certainly we should take aluminum and mercury seriously and formaldehyde. Those are three things that are in vaccines. And people don't know. I've had so many women break down and cry and tell me how their children were developing normally and in good health until they had the vaccines. And I've heard Now that. they have, you know, children who are autistic and, you know, have a lot of different um, issues. So that's, has, that's wow. something that, that we need to, you know, be talking about because in the past I just gave out waivers and people, you know, they had the right to waive. And not get a vaccine. Has there been any proof that uh, not having a vaccine has had any type of negative effect on society? That's what I'm wondering. That's a good question, Keith. That's a good question because so many of us have been vaccinated. Back in the 60s, 
I mean, it became mandatory across the, the board. You know, some people would get vaccinated at school. I got the polio vaccine in kindergarten. So yeah, it I remember became mandatory. I remember. I remember those vaccines lined up and going to the gym room and getting those shots. I remember. And I never thought exactly. nothing about it. They could say, go take this shot, take that shot. Your parents take it. No questions asked. But, you know, and we I've just trusted older, I mean, the government blindly. Now, that was yeah, a long I, time I, ago when I got that shot from that time to this. And do you know around that time in the 60s, ironically, Japan had set up a similar program, but after they saw the fatalities, and the health issues, they stopped altogether and even warned the parents. They said, look, if you're going to get the babies or children vaccinated, at least wait till they're two years old and don't get so many together. America didn't do that. So it looked to me like they had an agenda. And as a result, now I see a lot of issues that we don't want to talk about, like autism, bipolarity, ADD, ADHD. PTSD, severe panic attack. And if people think that, you know, there's no link, they just don't understand what's in the vaccines and how they work. Well, the fact that this country is so adamant on making it mandatory is what really, because I have a distrust for this country for obvious reasons. And uh, the fact that they want to make it so mandatory is what what, what frightens me because uh, mandatory why? What are you putting in it? What's your agenda? Yeah, and it's not like it's a hidden secret. Anybody can see what's in them. People can go to YouTube and pull up a video. It's called Lethal Injection, the Story of Vaccination. Lethal Injection, the Story of Vaccinations. I'm sure there are other documentaries, too, but that one is very thorough. It's a little over two hours, so for some people who, you know, can't sit still for more than half an hour. It might seem a little tedious, but it is shocking because there was a couple of things that I wasn't aware of, and I thought I knew what all was in the vaccines. But they really gave you a breakdown on the history of vaccines, what they're for, what they're meant to do, what's in them, how how it affects you, and it was just shocking. Yeah, I look at that. So I suggest I, I, I that everybody that. don't take my word or your word for it. Check it out before you know, because we're talking about babies. They they give newborn babies a hepatitis shot on day one if you let them, wow. if you allow it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, frankly, what, I think you, we what? ought to have some lawyers on the show um, who might, you know have some expertise or some, you know, advice in the field that can tell us, you know, what to do and what our rights are because I I thought it was our right to not be vaccinated. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if if your your kid, you should be the one to decide. And like I said, like I'm thinking, has there been any proof that a kid that hasn't been uh, vaccinated uh, uh, caused any uh, uh, illness to anybody else? I, I well, that's, anything about and that. that's a good question because think about it. If you and your family are vaccinated and me and my family interact with you and yours, why would we be a threat to you if you're protected? The vaccines are supposed to be protecting you. Seems like me to me we'd be the ones who'd be vulnerable, not you. That's exactly. That's why it doesn't make 
it, make, it doesn't make any more sense than that and this, that third world trade in the building crawling on its own. That's a whole different story, but I'm saying that's that little sense it makes to me. It only makes sense to me when you think in terms of population control and stimulating the economy because out of all of the um, businesses that America has that goes up and down, the medical industry yeah. is booming. The top ten drugs make more money than all the Fortune 500 clubs put together. Now, that makes sense to me. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes so it's sense. stimulating the economy and population control. And the only way for people to wake up and, you know, out of the haze is to look and see what's in the vaccines and how they affect us. Then they'll see why so many people have cancer at young ages, um, you know, have all of these uh, neurological issues. And um, before Jet went out of a publication, I mean, they're online, but I mean out of physical publication, there was a a Jet that had Cicely Tyson on the cover, and uh, it said that autism shot up 90% amongst black babies, specifically boys. Shocking. And it's in a little blurb in the Jet, which is now out of publication. There's something to that. It it all seems to just tie together. You know, the prison population and everything, the lack of uh, colleges, slow percentages in colleges. It's something else. Yes, The things that are being done right right, right in front of our face. Let me ask you this. What do do you think about, uh, I've just recently kind of, this vegan diet. What what do you uh, have to say about that, the vegan concept of uh, Well, here's what I have to say about it. I think a lot of people that I know have become vegan because they don't trust the government. That's what they're saying to me. Medina, I wanted to eat, you know, non-commercial meat and dairy that doesn't have, you know, meat and dairy that's farm-raised, that, you know, doesn't have the antibiotics and the hormones in it because there's actually nothing wrong with meat and dairy provided you're eating the right meats and you don't eat as much of it. But the problem is is that meat isn't being raised anymore. It's being warehoused, just like the fruits and vegetables and produce. They've substituted the seeds now with genetically modified. So it takes some education and patience because otherwise people who are short on patience and don't do their due diligence to check things out, they'll throw in the towel and say, oh, it's all messed up. I'm just going to eat what I want, which is what America's, you know, doing for the most part anyway. But people get pretty serious when people around them start dropping like flies at young ages from heart attacks, strokes, cancer, you know, and things like that. So I would say that it would be something good to try out, but you have you want to do it the right way because if your body has been used to getting its protein and calcium from meat and dairy for years that's what it's gotten adjusted to so when you switch over to getting rid of the meat make sure you compensate with the right vitamins and minerals but i definitely think no, it's I- a good thing to do. it's a good th- it's a good thing to try because even Dr. Mm-hmm. Terry Mason, who's the commissioner of health here in Chicago, um, tells men all the time, you know, when he talks to men, just try 30 days of no meat and dairy and see how your body feels and how you feel. 
offensive. I, ha- I haven't heard this. And I listened to, I listened to Mason quite on Sunday on VON. That's interesting. 30 days, huh? Mm-hmm, 30 days. Be, I just think we need to have broader conversations because pe- the way people frame the conversation is, should you be a vegetarian or not? Everybody's body isn't the same. Some people would do really well to get off of meat and dairy. Other people may just need to switch up to meat and dairy that's farm-raised, organically fed, no hormones, and just eat less of it. So everybody isn't isn't the same. Definitely if people, you know, have been diagnosed with cancer, I would definitely tell them you you need to get off the meat and dairy. And I actually suggest a book to them called The Rave Diet and Lifestyle. And it's by Mike Anderson, and it's a quick read. It has a grocery list, menus, and everything to get people on the fast track to helping their body to heal quickly, and they definitely take the you rave. off. That's the Rave, R-A-V-E? R-A-V-E, the Rave Diet okay, and Lifestyle by Mike Anderson. I even give people an excerpt from the book, and it's about okay. cancer, to show them that, you know, if, if if you've been diagnosed with cancer, and then there are different types of cancer, Especially the hormone-induced cancer like prostate and breast cancer, those type cancers you definitely want to get off the meat and dairy because they're pumping those animals with hormones, and that will drive your hormones and the cancer to accelerate. So I'm not I'm not saying everybody, but there's a lot of people who would definitely benefit from getting off the meat and dairy, considering that most of the meat and dairy we're eating here in America is sick and disease meat and dairy. Well, it just it just goes to show how how ignorant most of us are, and I say us inclusively uh, about uh, the total picture. Well, you know, I can't say, I I know the total picture, so I'd include me in that us too, Keith. Every day (laughs) I'm finding out something that's crazy. Yeah, it's... uh, And it's stuff that we've been doing all our life, like the high fructose corn syrup. I didn't want a sandwich growing up unless it was Miracle Whip. Guess what? High fructose corn syrup. That stuff is a killer dealer. So I tell people, you know, clean up your past and, you know... If you're not going to stop it, at least cut it down. Well, how, how about, I know I uh, had a friend who mentioned something about, uh, you know, was concerned about, you know, you walk in, the, you, you're in the front room, you you, you, you get up, you, you go into the back to get something and you get into the back and wonder why you're back there. You know, <laughs> what am I doing here? What did I come here for? Oh, you walk and into that you, room and wonder what, what did you come in there for? Right, you, you forgot you forgot what you came for. You're looking around, and then you get you get nervous because you think <laughs> yeah. you're losing your memory. Some people might call that brain fog. Yeah, yeah, just just fades away like cigarette smoke. That thought just and you got to reach. Sometimes it comes back to you. Sometimes it doesn't. But is is there is any, anything that would help uh, on the memory level, uh, or is that just something that? Well, it's here's the thing: different people have problems with me- memory for different reasons. Some people have poor blood circulation to the brain. And if that's the case, I mean, you know, you could use a simple combination like 
ginkgo biloba or ginkgo hawthorn. But again, I'm saying that based upon the fact that I don't know if a person is on medication. If they're on certain medications, they might want to do something else. Another thing might be just, you know, B vitamins. Because everybody doesn't have that issue for the same reason. I think most of us would say that we plan on living at least 80 years or more. But I found out that beyond age 80, every other person has a brain issue, and it's due to a lack of B vitamins. We're supposed to get the B vitamins from the grains, but the grains, Mm. they've switched them up and they've processed them, so we're not getting them. So that's why you see so many people now. And it could be a combination of things, too, like the new uh, technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Do, do, do you believe that just doing basic things like, say, reading more? I mean, because I, I look at reading as exercising your brain. It's like just oh, yeah. your brain doing sit-ups, sit-ups, push-ups, something like that. Some simple as like yeah, getting, getting off that reading. phone and away from the TV and off the Internet and reading. I mean, it seems like, seems to me like that, that, that something like that would, would help uh, your brain to maybe help your memory, but maybe a little bit longer. It certainly can't hurt none, but it seems to me logically that reading is a brain exercise and will make your brain And then the stronger. brain, like any other organ, it needs things. Like we were talking about the cod liver oil. Well, flaxseed oil and yes. cod liver oil, they're both good sources of omega-3. But flaxseed oil in particular really feeds and nourishes the brain. It's actually an antidepressant. It helps to prevent fibrocystic tissue growth, so it's, you know, great for women for a myriad of reasons, but it it, it really is good for the brain. Liquid flaxseed oil would be good. B vitamins would be great. And just getting those trace minerals that we need that are missed. See, our soil here has been deficient since the 40s, so we're missing. And when I say we, I mean all of us. We just grew up with a deficient diet because the soil is deficient. So that's a reason for all of us um, to make a list and get those vitamins and minerals and trace minerals in because we're not getting what we need from the food. America is the most overfed and undernourished nation in the world. We're overfed and undernourished. So I would say liquid flaxseed oil and B-complex to anybody that's listening, because I've had that same issue myself, walked into a room, wait a minute, what did I come in here for? Yeah, it it happens. It happens. And And as you get older, it's not like it's going to get better. (laughs) I always tell people, look at your body as your car. And, of course, it's made yeah, yeah. much better than any top-of-the-line car you could think of. You know, Bentley, Mercedes, Rolls-Royce, Jag, take your pick. And those classic exactly. cars, if you take good care of them, they'll be on the road for as long as you need them. So, you know, our bodies are the same way, except we're programmed to take better care of our cars than we are our bodies. So we just have and to... I, 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 no, I just said we just we just have to do that. We have to, you know, put some put some work into our our cars. 
Because we're going to have them. It's a shame that we don't. As we get older, you know, they need more work. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's something. The, the more, as I've gotten into it, and I, and I, I see not only uh, uh, mentally but physically the difference that it's had with me personally, and it's like, man, I wish everybody would could get into some of this and uh, just experience this change because, I mean, it just makes for a brighter day when you wake up, when, 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 you, when your health is better, you sleep better. Uh, yeah. Wow. Let me ask you this for the for, Unfortunately, for the Unfortunately, what we do, we what what we have a tendency to do here in America is kind of like treat it like the Kardashians. We only focus on what's on the outside. All the focus is on how the body looks from the outside, and that's only one <clears throat> indicator of how healthy you are. And it shouldn't be the <clears throat> biggest indicator, but it is. So now, I tell people, you know, instead of just worrying about weighing a certain amount or, you know, having muscles, you know, that can come. You can work on that. But first think about your health, being healthy. Exactly, exactly. And I tell you, once, once that's addictive too. If people give themselves a chance to start, the hardest part is maybe the first couple of days. But once you, you dread it for a while, the next thing you know, you look forward to it. Working out, yeah, especially once you start feeding your body really good foods, it responds better. And as far as you know, exercise, walking is great. If people like to dance, dancing is great. Find something you like. You don't have to go to the gym and you know, sweat, sweat, sweat. You know, I mean, not that that's a bad thing. Get into it and you like it, that's good. But I'm just saying it shouldn't be torture, exactly, exactly. Because I've seen let, let me, people torture themselves to look good and still not be as healthy as they should be on the outside because their diet hasn't changed and they haven't supplemented, but they just made sure that they worked out like a maniac. What is your understanding, and I'm going to ask this for the fellas, because I've been asked to, and I'm curious too, the, uh, the new Viagra uh, era, is, is is that something that's really uh, is, is that a bad thing? Is is, is there side effects that, that that men need to know about uh, with messing around with that? Uh, oh yeah, you know, when Viagra. As a matter of fact, you know there's a movie that's very entertaining. People should rent out. It it'll give you the story of Viagra. It starred um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Anne Hathaway. It's called Love and Other Drugs, and I I was watching that movie with some friends. And it actually tells you the history. It actually started as a drug that was meant to be for hypertension. And but but they they forgot all about that when they saw what it did for men. And they didn't care that it caused, you know, problems with vision, heart, arteries, death. They didn't care. They just knew it was going to be a great big seller. So as a result, they had to get something milder like Cialis, and they've got a couple others. But here's the thing that men need to know. It's all about circulation and blood flow. If your arteries are clean and clear and healthy, you don't need anything. But in the event you should, um, I have a lot of men that call up, particularly ones with um, hypertension and diabetes, the medication that they take really set them up for those issues. They'll call me up and say, well, is there anything you have for ED or helping men out in that area? And I'll tell them, yes, you know, I have a 
combination called um, Men's X Action Reloaded. It's all natural. I call it a natural form of Viagra. But when they take it, I also have them to take vitamin E with selenium because it's, it's, it's very important that they do something for the health of their arteries. But men could start off just getting, you know, garlic, high-potency garlic, and taking that on a regular basis and take it over a period of time, at least three to six months, because it will help to clean and chelate your arteries out. And I'll just share this briefly. Bill Clinton, everyone knows Bill Clinton. When he was in office, he had a heart attack and he had quadruple bypass. But when he left office, he actually had stents put in his arteries. And I saw him on CNN talking to Dr. Sanjay Gupta, and he said he got off of meat, dairy, and heavy oils. And Dr. Sanjay Gupta says, well, that's kind of extreme. He said, no. He said, the heart attack the quadruple bypass and the stents were extreme. He said, death is extreme. He said, I haven't been this size since I was in college. So he did lose the weight. He said, I haven't felt this good and had this much energy since I was in college, and I haven't had clean and clear arteries like this since I was in college. He said, and I love my food. He said, Thanksgiving's coming. I might have a little turkey, but, you know, I don't miss it. And this was around uh, the second time Obama ran, and I noticed he looked like he had more energy and vitality than, than the president did, who's much younger. Wow. So meat and dairy actually clogs arteries. So that's something to take into consideration. Eat less meat and dairy and clean those arteries out, and you won't have a problem at all, won't need a drug. And you say garlic, garlic, high potency garlic. Is that is that the uh, you can supplement high potency garlic you talk about? Yeah, yeah. I carry one. I put a lot of men on it who come in who have hypertension and are on certain hypertensive medicines, or either they have high cholesterol, or else you know they're worried about poor circulation. And I tell them, oh, that that's an added benefit. Your sex life is going to be much better. Do you offer these products? Do you have you have a line of these products also, correct? Oh yes, yes. I use Nature Sunshine, and I show people how to get it and get it at thirty to forty percent off, and you know, get all kind of discounts. And in addition, get a lot of free education because um, one they... one of the things I love about the company that I, I you know work with and use their herbs is they've got a ton of free education. Whatever you want to learn about, it's free. I just had a guy yesterday come up to me and say, hey, you know, I've seen your show, and, you know, how did you get all this information? I said, well, I got it in different places, but most of it I got free through the herbal company that I work with. I love them. There's no other herbal company that educates people the way Nature Sunshine does. And how can uh, people get to that information? Do they, can they get it through you or their a website they can go to or well, I'll, I'll tell you, um, I can give, give that information right now. Either they can go online, um, www.naturesunshine.com, or they can call 1-800-453-1422. And um, the membership, they offer a free membership. They don't ask for any automatic debits or any of that. 
but they offer a free membership if you order $40 worth of product. And the sponsor number, I can give you a sponsor number, is 570-244, 570-244. And it's just great because, you know, once you're in there, um, and if you and if you, anybody needs suggestions on maybe what the best things to do, you know, at this time of year since we're talking about flu, um, I tell people I suggest a flu shot in the bottle. It's called Silver Shield, and that liquid Silver Shield is so mild you can give it to a newborn baby. You can give it to them by mouth, put it in their eyes, ears, nose, anywhere. Give it to an adult. That's how mild it is, but it's so very effective. It's an antiviral. It mildly stimulates the immune system. It's antifungal, antibacterial, antimicrobial, and it's great for everything from HIV, AIDS. I use it for cold sores, herpes, burns, respiratory problems, building the immune system, even staph infections. I use it for a wide variety of things, but wow. I call it a wow. flu shot in a bottle. And that's one of the yeah, best wow. things that people could have in their medicine cabinet for this time of year. Here. We have a caller here for you. Medina will bring him on. Uh, I know this brother here, this brother... Uh, Brother Jimmy Williams, Brother Jimmy, are you with us? How you doing, Keith? What's going on? We're here with Medina Nance, uh, Natural Health Advice. Um, Medina, how you doing, Miss? Hi, Jimmy. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I just got in about five minutes ago, and I caught the last end of your show. But you know, um, I have a problem with um, I don't think it's ED, but I have myasthenia gravis. And ah, myasthenia gravis. Now that's your an autoimmune disorder. That's your exactly. thymus gland. You know, and and when I tell my doctor that that I'm trying to eat more vegetables, and you know, she, she tell me I have high blood pressure, and I'll tell her, well, um, what can I do other than take pills? But she always trying to prescribe pills to me, and then in an off, in an off, you know, color thing in terms of up under her breath, she really didn't want to tell me. Just start eating a lot of vegetables and and and, and fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. But she really yeah. tried to prescribe pills to me. But, well, you got to remember, but, Jimmy, it's their training. I don't fault the doctors and nurses. It's if they don't train them about simple vitamins, minerals. I'm not even talking about herbs, but food, okay. vitamins and minerals. Then they're not going to suggest it to you because their training is to prescribe drugs. And 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 did they prescribe prednisone? Whatever she prescribed, I didn't want it, and she got kind of ticked off because when she mentioned the fruits and vegetables, I know all about that stuff. But when mm-hmm. you try, if you're a doctor, you tell me I should try this. No, either I should, either I'm going to take it or I'm not. That's you, the doctor. That's like me going. To <laughs> That's a, a good point. My father used That's to like, joke and say, "Well, it's written on the wall that they're practicing medicine and they're practicing on you." And I just think, you know, Dad, you're really cutting up, but. Now I understood what he meant because it's if you notice, Jimmy and Keith, there is no cure. High blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, heart disease, lupus. I was diagnosed with that back in 95, but I never took any medications, and I still don't. That's an autoimmune disorder too. But there really is, they'll tell you for everything, there's no cure. 
but yet they're steadily raising money for a cure. But they tell you there's no cure, and people don't even notice that contradiction. Yeah. You know, it's so it's hard food. To tell. You're on the right track. It's food, but there are also supplements, and by supplements I mean vitamins and minerals that will feed and nourish and heal your thymus gland because that's a gland, but it okay. works hand in hand with your immune system. And okay, when I see just... people with myasthenic gravis, it's the same thing as when I see people with, say, lupus. They right. expect that I'm going to tell them, hey, take X, Y, Z, but it all depends on how the immune system is attacking your body because autoimmunity is when the immune system turns on the body and it attacks certain organs, glands, tissues. And with lupus, I might see a person who it's attacked their skin, that's discoid. Another person, it might attack their kidneys or their joints. So, you know, they give a disorder a name and then, you know, assign a, a drug. So we kind of have a tendency to think, okay, well, I'm going to look for an herb or a vitamin or a mineral. And, you know, I tell people what we're doing is giving the body tools so that it can heal its own issues because that's what it was designed to do. So okay, one so thing you want to do um, is get a lot of vitamins and minerals in. And, okay. yes, stay, stay away from, you know, the uh, hormones and the meat and the antibiotics and the meat and dairy. Okay, that's what I want to know. Um, what can I do to, to at, uh, starting tomorrow, to help, you know, um, to, to make that gland healthy in terms of... Well, you mentioned uh, high blood pressure. Do, are you on, on any medication right now? No, that's the problem. The mastanine, um that they prescribed to me, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to see exactly what the... Um, I, I got the paper in front of me. Mastanine is the... Um, mastanine is the... the uh, generic name for the um, pills that I'm taking... Matter of fact, let me see. Oh, here it is. Is right that here. for hypertension? No, no, this is for the uh, myasthenia. For the myasthenia um, gravis, okay. Yeah. See, okay. because it's the working pills. backward for me, Jimmy. A lot of times people want to call me up and they'll, you know, they want me to tell them what to take, but I don't have enough background information on them. I can't tell a person what to take based upon a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always good to find out a person's health background, how much water they drink, how their bowels move, if they're on any medication so you don't counterindicate what they're already doing. Okay, but you mentioned some oh. herbs or some um, um Well, it doesn't have to be, be herbs. Everybody doesn't necessarily need herbs, but everybody needs vitamins and minerals because our soil has been deficient since the 40s. And that's where we get our vitamins and minerals from. It's in the soil and it goes into the crops. So if the soil is deficient, the food is deficient, and that's why we have so many issues here in America at younger and younger ages. So I try to see a person's health background so that I can, you know, gear them the right way. You know, we can talk about the foods that they should be eating and the foods that they should be avoiding, the vitamins mm-hmm. and minerals that, you know, they need in the system that they're not getting. Because a lot of times people will already have them. Sometimes when people come in for a consultation, they've got a bag full of stuff. 
some of it isn't even open. They bought it and forgot what it was for and what it does. So, you know, I'll go through it with them and tell them, you know, yes, you, you, we definitely, all of us need vitamins and minerals. We, don't, we shouldn't wait until we have an illness to start taking vitamins and minerals because we're all deficient. Well, one but thing if people want to get off the drugs or help their body to heal from something, then, you know, we want to take a look at the whole picture holistically, not just focus on symptoms. Because we can get rid of the symptoms and the problem can still be there. Like I see people, they'll take a Tylenol for a headache or their joints. And then after a while, what happens? They find out that it's much worse than they thought. Maybe they might have had a brain aneurysm developing or they might have had, you know, the cartilage leaving in their joints. So while they're covering up the signals, the symptoms, the problem's getting worse. Mm -hmm. Well, what I've been doing is um, not taking anything. that I'll listen to what the doctor tells me, Mm -hmm. but when she starts describing pills, then I'll go on um, md.com and look up those pills and and encounter it. And, and, yeah, encounter it. And and I'll just, I'll bring it down to one, the only reason I'm taking the Mastodon now is because I've been taking it in, in liquid and pill form since I was 13. I've had this uh, autoimmune efficiency since I was uh, at least 12. Now, see, because that's another first... reason why I don't just start telling people what to take, because what you just said, that is a mm-hmm. huge piece of information that a person needs to know. That's right. the first thing I ask people when they fill out a health evaluation form. If they list that they have, say, myasthenic gravis, I want to ask, where were you diagnosed? How long have right. you had it? Because that makes right. a difference, too. Mm-hmm. I understand. Um, it makes one thing a difference. I can't get my doctor. So that's that's why I try to get as much information as I can from people, not just the name of the disorder. Because if it was as simple as, okay, all you people with lupus, take XYZ, all you people with myasthenic, because I've been teaching herbalist classes for years, and people come in and they think, that I'm going to say, okay, for diabetes, you take cinnamon. For high blood pressure, yeah. you take garlic. And they find out that is not how the class is structured. They actually have to look at what's at the root of the problem so yeah. they can give the body what it needs so it can heal itself. I find myself um, going against the grain with my doctor because she's been my doctor now almost five, six years. And, and when, I, when she prescribed pills to me, it's not that she say, well, Jimmy, take this and you'll feel better, she'll say things like, okay, you should. See, that, that throws a red because flag Because that's how she's me. trained, Jimmy. That's how that, she's trained. To... She hasn't been trained with nutrition, food. You know, when they go to school as doctors, they don't spend time, you know, focusing on how people should change their diet or what vitamins and minerals they take. They learn emergency care. Okay. They learn how to help you manage the disease with drugs. That's their training. So Hmm. I tell people, don't get mad at the doctor, because when I was diagnosed, the doctor wanted to give me cortisone shots that day and prescribe me prednisone. And I told him, I said, I think you're a good doctor, but I want to try something natural. And he said, well, okay, (laughs) if that's what you want to do. I said, oh, I'll be back. I said, I just want to explore What's at the root of this problem? That's why when you said myasthenic gravis, I said, oh, that's your thymus gland. And it's an autoimmune disorder. So we could put our finger on exactly what's going on. 
Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I wanted to do with the lupus. I wanted to put a finger on exactly what was at the root of the problem. So that way I could start working on it. Because if you don't know what causes the problem, how are you going to work on getting rid of it? You know, that's true because when I first got diagnosed when I was 12, 13 years old, um, mm-hmm. um, I had the droopy eyelids and everything, and, and, and I couldn't pick up. The first time I felt it, I, my uncle sent me to the store. I had to get some sugar. And the sugar fell out of my hand. I think mm-hmm. I just dropped it. And I could not get my fingers to cooperate to pick up that bag of sugar. Muscle weakness. Yeah. And it and it hit and, and being that age and didn't know what the heck was going on. Um, luckily my uncle was coming around the corner and he saw me, he grabbed the bag and took me home. Mom took me to the hospital, they gave me a shot and um they diagnosed it. First they thought it was um sickle cell. First they thought it was sickle cell. It wasn't sickle cell. So whatever shot they gave me, I jumped off the table, they knew exactly what it was. I spent the whole year, I spent the time I was 13 to I was 14 in the hospital, and all he was doing was tests, trying to figure out what it is that Because, I again, they don't understand what's at the root of the problem and how to deal with it because their training is in drugs. Right. I have a relative that has myasthenic gravis, and he went through the same thing, and he just couldn't make the connection. He was like, well, I thought this was my thymus, which is, you know, my glandular system and I said you gotta you gotta find out what all the thymus gland does. It's like the thyroid. It mm-hmm. is a gland, but it regulates so many different things. Your glands regulate different operations in your body. And they need minerals and we're all minerally deficient. So there yeah, are a lot the, of things um, that you can do to feed and nourish that thymus gland, when I finally helped him to wean off of prednisone and clean up the damage, because prednisone pulls so much calcium and magnesium and CoQ10 and, you know, other things out of the system that it can drain you. It's taking care of one problem, but it's creating a whole lot more. But I wouldn't tell people don't ever take prednisone because it could save a person's life in a pinch. I just would tell them you don't want to stay on it long term. Hmm. You good with that, brother John? Yeah, man, that's a lot of information, man, okay. and it's cool to be. It's refreshing. Well, yeah, like yeah, it. he'll give you the contact information. Contact me once I get your 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 uh, you know more background information. Then you know I can tell you exactly what you need to do, and I can I'll even give you an article called autoimmune disorders, so you can see what causes autoimmunity. Because that's what I wanted to know that the doctor didn't tell me. The first question I asked is, well, I have lupus. Really, what caused it? Didn't have an answer. So now that I have it, I give it to people with autoimmunity. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, yeah. we'll work it out. Yeah, we'll get the information, okay. information out to you. And as uh, a matter of fact, she mentioned it on the show, uh, netnaturesunshine.com. But that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about uh, direct contact with you, Medina? Sure. Yes. Okay. Because I need yes, to get I, we, some, you know, uh, uh, more information from him on his health background, so that you know he 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 can see exactly what he needs to do. I can and that way he'll be able to not only help no himself problem. but it, it, anybody else that he comes yeah. in contact with, who's you know dealing with it. It might be even be somebody in the family. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, you want to you want to you want to give him that number while he's on or? Uh, 
773-324-4372. That's 773-324-4372. Got it. Okay. Nice talking to you, Medina. Not nice talking to you. I look forward to, you know, sharing any information I have with you. Uh, Thanks a lot for calling, Brother Jim. I hope hope, hope it helps you out, man. Keep it going. Okay, you have a nice night. Take care, brother. That's Jimmy Williams. He has a, uh, he actually does a show on Monday night on the network, uh, People, Real People from the Hood. Oh, Medina, we come up to the hour. Uh, We got got the the next uh, segment coming up, and I want to give you a chance to it's just still a whole lot more. Uh, yeah, well, well, it was we'll great hanging out again. with you. I know we kind of went all over the place with a couple different topics, but I hope <laughs> it was helpful yeah. information to people. Well, they're all they're all was valid, even though they may be disconnected. Each individual one was a, was a valid topic in, in its own right. But, but I, I say to people, to get you some garlic, vitamin C, liquid cod liver oil, or even get a combination of golden seal echinacea. You know, th- these are all things that will naturally build up your immune system. There you got it. On that note, okay, uh, Medina, thanks you a lot. Have a thanks great... for coming on again. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll you be back on next show. time for a brand new show. Thank you all very right. much. Take care now. All Take right. care and God bless. All right. Likewise. Bye-bye. Okay, that was Medina Nance. That was the first uh, segment of the show. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with uh, Brother Calvin Perdue. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, auto industry. And uh, if you plan on buying a car, know somebody who is, you might want to might want to take a listen. I'm sure we've all had interesting uh, moments in the car dealership. So we're going to take a break, and we will be right back in a few minutes.
Hey, Chicago, for your next family reunion, call Jimmy Williams of Abstract T-Shirts at 773-690-5366. That's 773-690-5366. Your family reunion expert since 1990, with photo T-Shirts and custom printing available. You can see samples of his work on the Internet. Search for JimmyWilliamsOnline.com. That's JimmyWilliamsOnline.com. One word. For families wanting reasonable prices, quality service, and good advice at making their family reunion a success, call Jimmy Williams from Abstracts T-Shirts at 773-690-5366. That's 773-690-5366. Your family reunions should always be a happy occasion, and your T-shirts should reflect that. Call Jimmy Williams at 773-690-5366. Your T-shirt man. Uh, back and we are going to keep on rolling. Uh, I said earlier uh, before at the beginning of the show that this is a good time for, uh, it was a good time for Medina Nash, Sam. I want to thank Medina Nash for coming on by talking about uh, with the flu season up and coming and some presenters uh, 
practices that can be done instead of us finance the pharmaceutical industry. And also for my next guest, who is a president and CEO at the uh, Automotive Media Group. Uh, in addition to that, he's also founder at uh, Next Athletics Basketball Youth Program, and we'll talk about them both. But I'm sure that most of you out there have had some experience in the car dealer, and uh, some have been good. I'm sure some have been not so good, and you perhaps didn't find out that it wasn't so good until after you left the dealership and you had the car, and there was not much you can do about it. So I wanted to have this brother come on and uh, talk to us about uh, what's, what's going on in the car dealership. I mean, is, is it the bank? Is it the dealers? Is it the salesmen? Uh, what's going on? Uh, what, what, what can uh, we learn that can help us uh, as we go in and plan uh, to purchase this car? And once we're there, going through the negotiation uh, as we're sitting there waiting and wondering what's going on in that back room, uh, just what, what can help us as consumers to make better choices and not come out uh, on the short end of the stick. And I want to bring on our brother, our president, CEO at Automotive Media Group, Brother Calvin Padu. Brother Calvin, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Keith. I, I, I truly appreciate you having me. Man, this is a uh, uh, – I, I want to also thank uh, Melanie Sharp for uh, uh, linking us together because I, I told her what I was looking for and why, and she pointed me straight to yourself, and, and I, I really appreciate that. Because I know a lot of people uh, go in to purchase an automobile, and they don't really have any kind of knowledge or education, don't know what to look for. They just sign papers, they leave, and then later on they'll say, man, you have been in the industry, uh, you have worked in the industry, and you have purchased cars. So what I'm, I guess what I want to get at is when you are going to make your purchase, uh, what routine, what methods do you use to get the best deal for yourself? How, how do you plan for that? And, and how do you take it into the dealership with you? I think I think the one thing that people have to realize that buying a car is um, that's a very emotional purchase. So the first thing you want to do is kind of check your emotions at the door. Um, you know, we want to buy what we like and what we see instead of buying what we need. Um, you know, we see a car, we want it, we want everything in that car without asking ourselves whether or not we need what's in that car. We have to determine. You know, I, I like to determine what I'm going to use that car for, how long I'm going to keep that car. A lot of people go into a dealership and they, they want a car so bad, they don't pay attention to the fact that that car, you know, they'll finance it for seven years. Well, seven years is a long time to have a asset that's going down in value. As a matter of fact, it's not really an asset. It's taking money out of your pocket. It's not bringing money into your pocket. Um, so that that's the first thing you want to do when you're looking for a car is determine what you're going to use the car for. And then you want to determine if you're going to finance or lease the car. You know, some people here, they, they hear horror stories from their friends about leasing when leasing wasn't for their friend. They didn't have the lifestyle that was conducive to leasing when they may actually have the lifestyle where they need to lease a car. So that, that's the first thing you want to do. You want to determine what you're going to use the car for, what type of car you need. You know, if, you know we have a term in the car business. I was in the car business. Some people walk in and they have champagne taste but a beer budget. So you you walk in and you want a Cadillac Escalade, but you really need to be buying a Chevy Suburban. So you want Mm -hmm. to kind of figure out what your budget is and then take it from there. When one one thing that gets me uh, with my most most recent purchase is the uh, how they come the interest rate and is it something that uh, the dealership 
kind of do they kind of push a higher rate on you for their benefit? Is it something they have no control over? Uh, could they, by chance, uh, got you something smaller, but they chose not to because uh, it's to their benefit? Or is it totally on the bank as, what, as to what the interest, interest rate is going to be for you? Well, the, the, the interest rate is based on the individual's credit. The finance department at the dealership, they are allowed to mark up the interest rate one to two points so they can actually earn money. And I, I never have a problem with a dealership earning money, um, but everything is pretty much dependent on your credit. Um, some dealerships will actually take a loss. If, if you're a good, if, if you're a person with good credit and you go into a dealership, that that finance department is probably going to cut the rate. You know, if you're smart and you and you know what you're getting into when you go into the finance office, you know they're going to cut the rate or do it at buy rate and take a flat fee from the bank. Um, so just know your credit. You know, have that type of negotiating power when you go into the into the finance office. But, you know, the banks actually control, you know, that's something that the dealership, you know, they only have one or two points to play with as far as wiggle room. Unless, you know, you have certain things like when GM comes out with 0% financing. If you if you qualify for 0% financing, of course, it's free money. I would advise everyone to take the free money if you're going to finance. But don't get so caught mm-hmm. up in 0% financing where you miss out on saving more money by actually leasing a car. You know, if you're going to take 0% financing, but you're only going to keep the car for three years, you're better off leasing, and that way you don't have to worry about an interest rate. You know, you have a ton of, you know, you can actually find out what interest rates are on cars just by getting online, searching, you know, the type of vehicle that you're looking for, find out if there are special rates on that car. And then also you want to check your credit to make sure that you may qualify for that rate. Now, what about when you're sitting when you're sitting out there in a dealership? You're anxious. You, you want this car, and, uh, and they're in the back, and, and you're waiting, and you're waiting. And then somebody comes out. You already said, "Say, uh, well, I, I want to put down eight hundred dollars for the car." Then somebody they come out and say, "Well, you know, you think you can put more on the car? Is that something that they're is, is that, are they conniving you? Is that legitimate? I mean, are they playing games, or is is is, is that do I leave it at that? Is, is that a legitimate move on their they have, or are they making a benefit for themselves in the short run to, to pocket that cash? Yes, yeah, some some dealers do it to earn more profit on the car, um, and you can also have a situation where the bank uh, needs more money down to actually have the deal bought, because every car has what they call a certain loan value, where they're only going to loan you 115% of the MSRP on the car, um, but you know, if you come in with oh, a negative okay. equity situation where you're trading in a car where you have negative equity and they need to get that within that 115%, then the finance manager may come back and say, hey, we need you to put down $800 or $1,000 to get us within that 115% so the bank can actually buy the deal. Because if they don't get within that 115%, the bank is not going to loan the money on the car because they don't want to be caught in a negative equity situation with the car. So it, it's very important to know financial situation is when you're trading in a car, if you're trading in a car and you're $5,000 upside down in that car, meaning you owe more than what it's worth, for every thousand that you tack on to the new car, your payment's going to go up about 20 to 25 bucks for every thousand. So if you're tacking on another $4,000, your payment just went up about 100 bucks. So that's why I want to pay very close attention to that. And most of the time, people can avoid negative equity situations by just leasing a car or 
putting down more money to keep themselves out of a negative um, negative equity situation. Uh, but you do have some dealers that, you know, they're all about the profit. I think most sales consultants nowadays should learn to uh, be a consultant. You know, you should consult the customer on how to buy the car. Find out what they're going to use it for. Don't just be – don't just look to make a sale and get the customer – and get the client out of the door. You want to consult that – you want to talk to that client and find out what they're going to use the car for and cater – that purchase to what they're going to use it for. If you know someone is only going to keep a car for three or four years, don't talk them into financing for five or seven years because now you've taken that client out of the market for five or seven years. You know, show them the benefits of leasing. Show them how they can get more bang for the buck. That way they don't have to worry about putting more money down. They don't have to worry about interest rates, things like that. So I think if more dealerships took that consulting approach, just like a doctor does, then I think you'll have a lot more happy clients. Oh, yeah, and, and returning clients and recommendations. So I totally agree. Uh, anybody who wants to call in, it's uh, 718-664-9513. Any questions, 718-664-9513. Uh, otherwise, we'll keep on rolling. Let me ask you this question, Brother Calvin. Uh, suppose you, you have a ride and say you, you want to trade it, and if not, you still own the car uh, more than what the car is worth. Can you confirm that? Can you still go into a lease? Yes, yes. Actually, you can. If you're in a negative equity situation, leasing is probably the best thing you can do uh, because most banks and, and most dealerships have what they call cap cost reduction, which means, and it, it's very similar to a rebate, and that's basically what it is. It's a rebate that they're going to give you for leasing. So if you're $4,000 in negative equity and you're going to trade that car in, if they have $2,000 in cap cost reduction, now you only need to put down $2,000 to cover that negative equity. So leasing is, the, I'm a big I'm a big proponent of leasing because, um, and anyone in a car business will tell you that we either lease cars or if it's a high-line car, we'll buy it used. We don't buy new cars because at the end of the day, a car is the worst investment you can make. Okay, it's not going to put money into your pocket. It's going to go down in value, and you know that when you're buying the car. So leasing is is what most people in the automobile industry do. We don't believe in keeping cars for a long time. And if we are going to keep it, we're going to buy that car two or three years older, so we don't end up in a negative equity situation. So I'm, now, I'm when you lease, it. no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say when, when you're leasing, is there is, is, is the uh, interest rate still? Uh, carry the same uh, concept as when you're purchasing, or is, is there a different approach to the interest rate when you're just leasing a car? Actually, uh, in most cases, leasing, the, the interest rate is actually lower. It's lower because you're actually only paying for the portion of the car that you're going to use. If you're buying a $60,000 car and you lease it for three years, you're actually only paying for $30,000 of the car, but you're getting the full benefits of the car for three years. So you really don't have to worry about an interest rate. It's actually called a lease factor. And what that lease factor is, that determines what the value of the vehicle is going to be in three years. So if you're looking at a high-line car, the lease factor is actually lower because that car is going to hold its value better in three years. When you're done with it, you know, if you go out and you buy a, a, a Audi A8, the, the, the lease factor is actually probably going to be high because it's a high-line luxury car but you're typically paying less than what someone is paying that actually financed that same car. 
that the payment's probably going to be about half than someone that actually financed the same car, but they're getting the same benefits. At the end of three years, the person that actually leased the car has more options than the person that financed the car. The person that financed the car is actually in a negative equity situation if they didn't put down enough money to keep themselves out of that. Well, I, I wish I had this conversation a few months ago. I, 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 I was asking these questions because I, I purchased a car for my son down in Arkansas at school, and uh, and I didn't at least it didn't even cross my mind. And then as you started talking about it just today, I'm saying, damn, why, man, why didn't I think of leasing the car? Why didn't I think of leasing the car? So now I'm thinking about taking that car and uh, uh, trading it back in. It's a used a 209, 209 uh, Hyundai Sonata. And, and, and getting him a lease. I'm thinking about doing that now, just based on this conversation we're having right now. So that, that's uh, that's interesting. Hmm. Did you just purchase the car, or did did you buy it in 2009? I I financed it. You financed uh-huh. it in 2009. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, I financed it this year. Yes, yes. Yeah, just this year. This year. Okay, so it's a new yeah. purchase. So you purchased it used. Yes. Okay. And and if if you don't mind me asking, how long did you finance it for? Uh, four years. Okay. Now four years isn't bad, but one thing that that I want the audience to understand is that when you purchase a pre-owned car, someone has already taken a hit on that car um, when they bought it new in 2009. But it all depends on how much you put down when you bought the car whether or not you're in a negative equity situation. It all depends on how many miles he's put on the car because miles drive down the value of the car. It all depends on what condition it's in when you trade it back in. The other thing that affects the trade-in value is the current um, rebates on the new model. You know, if there's a 2015, 2016 model out there of the car that you bought and there are huge rebates on it, a used car manager is not going to be able to give you top dollar for the car they're going to want to give you wholesale for the car because they're going to want to retail it. They want mm-hmm. that price gap between used and new to be big because they don't want to have to compete with new cars. But when you do purchase the new car, you definitely, if you're not putting enough miles on the car and you know you're not going to keep it for five or six years, which a lot of people aren't doing anymore, it's always best to lease. Always best. You save more money in the bank. So that that is something that that I can that, that it, it 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 can it's doable for me to uh to maybe take it and I'll eat the whatever you know that overhead is I'll I'll deal with that but I I think I would rather get him a lease because he doesn't drive it I mean he he pretty much drives more or less locally so he's not going to go beyond that whatever the mileage is for that for the year you know what I mean so that's right uh, and, and what what I like to do is and and this is why I started um automotive media group because a a dealership is going to give you wholesale for a car. What I like to do for my clients is I like to offer them a chance to retail the car themselves just like a dealer would through my business. We'll retail the car for you, get you top dollar for it so you don't have to go into a dealer and take wholesale. And then you can pay the difference to, you know, whichever bank you financed it through as opposed to taking wholesale from a dealer. Um, so what I'll do is off the air, I'll, I'll, I'll get all the information and kind of help you with that and show you the best direction to go because you definitely don't want okay. to get to a deal at wholesale pricing. And it's nothing wrong with that because that's what a deal is supposed to do. They're in the wholesale and retail business. 
It's just that the client kind of, I wouldn't say they get the short end of the stick because dealerships are supposed to make a profit. I'm okay with that, but I'm not okay yeah, with taking yeah. advantage of the client. So this is something that can be done within the automotive media group, which, which, which you're saying. I can, I can, this can be exercised through your company? Yes. Okay, I, and I, that, I, I'm learning something new every every minute of things like that. Okay, yeah, I definitely am uh, I'm interested in that, and I, I, I'm ready to actually move on it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and there are actually several can. ways to get out of a car. So there, there, there are several ways to get out of a car that you're in. Um, just like they have companies called Swap Lease. You know, if you're if you did a three year lease and you determine, hey, I don't want this car anymore, but I got two more years left on my lease, there's a website called Swap Lease where you can actually have someone take over your lease payments, and they'll actually they qualify the client. You list your car. You list your car payments. Uh, you list how many car payments you have left, who it's with, whether it's with GM, Toyota, Lexus. Uh, you list who that, you know, all the parameters of the car. If someone's looking for a car like that with those features and they qualify to take over your lease, you know, you can actually uh, go free and clear from your lease. Now, that's getting a lot out of a lease car, but, but I'm, I'm thinking of get, getting out of a, a finance car. Actually, that's a little different situation, I'm certain. Right, because if you financed a car for four or five years and you've only had it for a year, you technically don't own the car. The bank owns the car. And then depending on the value of the car, that's going to determine how much you need to come up with to get out of the car. If you owe $15,000 on the car, but the car itself is actually worth about $10,000, you're $5,000 in negative equity. And mm-hmm. it's, one, it's not a good situation to be in with an automobile because – if you don't have gap insurance on the car, if your vehicle is totaled in an accident and you owe $15,000 on that car and the insurance company is only going to give you $10,000, you have to pay the other $5,000 for a car that you can't even drive. Wow. And that's one of the things that I advise all clients to get. when you go into, if, you're go, if you're dead set on financing a car and you know that you're going to keep that car for, for six or seven years, and you're going to finance it, it is in your best interest to get gap insurance. Most insurance companies offer it. Um, all, all dealerships or finance departments within dealerships, they offer gap protection. I always told my clients, if you're going to finance this car for this long, I would suggest you get gap protection. Because if anything happens to the car, you're covered. Because gap protection insurance will actually cover the negative equity part. So again, if the if the car is totaled and you owe ten, if you owe fifteen thousand, at the time it was totaled, it was only worth ten. Gap insurance will cover that other five thousand, so you don't have to come out of pocket. Interesting. So very okay. important. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I know that his car is going to have some. You know, it's not going to be as worth as much as uh, you know that we can get for it. So, and I'm prepared for that. I just want to get them into a, a, something more current leasing. But we'll, we'll, we'll work on that, and we'll see what we, we'll see what we can do. Uh, let's see. Uh, is is there any uh, thing, say, you're going in as a customer, is, is there any uh, play on the game that you can take in there with you to, to use for your advantage in any negotiating tactics uh, that one can use uh like you, you go in to trade your car, and they, they say they'll give you this much for it. Uh, suppose if if you believe it's worth more, how do you come to a happy medium on that? 
I, I always say do your, do your homework on your own car before you take it into a dealer. Uh, Kelly Blue Book is what we, it's a guide. You know, a lot of clients will come into their dealership and say, well, Kelly Blue Book says it's for this. Uh, one thing about Kelly Blue Book is that Kelly Blue Book has never written a check for a car. And it never will because it's a guide for what a car is worth. Dealerships write yeah. checks for cars. Um, at dealerships, we know based on the economy, you know, what it's worth. And, yes, dealers will try to get your car for the least amount of money. So with all the information that's out here, I would say go on Kelly Blue Book. And Kelly Blue Book is going to give you three ranges for your car. Uh, it's going to give you excellent, good, and fair. A dealership is going to always give you fair. Just to be fair to the dealership and to yourself, it's okay to go into that dealership and say, I would like to get good for my car. But you want to make sure that your car doesn't have any body damage. It's got to have a clean Carfax report. If you want good, it has to be a good car. But mm-hmm. that's, that's a very good negotiating tool to actually do, do your own Carfax on your car because a dealership is going to pull a Carfax on your car. Do a Kelly Blue Book on your car because they're going to do it. So it's best to go in with that information already printed and say, hey, my car's never been in an accident. It's been well taken care of. Here's the Carfax report. It's clean. Here's the Kelly Blue Book. It, you know, I would like between excellent and fair. And most dealerships are going to respect that and say, okay, we'll give you this amount for your car. I see. So that's the best tool to have to go in with the knowledge, go in with the knowledge that's out here. You know, a lot of people, some people don't want to get on the Internet and don't want to do their research. It's in your best interest to do your research because you're going to end up saving yourself a lot more money. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you go in there and drop us some knowledge on them, they have a little more respect for you. Uh, it's just like walking exactly. in with a suit tie on. Right, we we expect it. We know that we know that the consumer is more is better informed now. We know that because of the internet, because of websites like True Car, Kelly Blue Book, mm-hmm. Edmonds. You know, we know that the consumer is well educated. You know, most dealerships know that you know that these consumers that they can pull up the the invoice on a car. But what a lot of consumers don't realize is that you know an invoice is not actually a true invoice online. When you see it on Edmonds and you see it on Kelly Blue Book that doesn't show what a dealership had to pay for advertising to the major companies, what they had to pay GM to advertise. Those commercials that they see on TV, um, like when you see a GM commercial, when you see a Toyota commercial, it is the individual dealers within a collective bargaining that have to pay for those ads. So that's included on a dealer invoice. And contrary to popular belief, most cars aren't marked up the way they used to be now. Now, cars used to be marked up five and six thousand. Not anymore. Not since um, you know some of the major players like GM uh, and, and these other dealerships uh, filed bankruptcy. You know, GM took a lot of the uh, profit margin away. So cars that were marked up five and six thousand dollars are no longer marked up like that. I think the uh, max on a, on a Highline luxury car like a Cadillac is probably marked up about fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. Now, are, are you affiliated with the? Are, are you affiliated affiliated with the dealer right now? Uh, I'm not. I, I, I still have a lot of contacts within the automotive industry. Um, okay. So I still have access to a lot of information. No, well, I was just I just, I just asked, I was going to ask you this. I didn't want to ask you if you were you know, say, 
working for a dealer. But how do you how do you think about uh, the uh, non negotiating uh, dealership, such like a car brand? Uh, is that is that really a legitimate uh, concept, or is it something that we need to know about? That you know, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a good concept. It's a good concept from the dealership standpoint. You know, not from from the consumer standpoint. Um, oh, really? Because obviously, I've been negotiating on cars for years now. It's just, you know, it's just at CarMax places like that. They have it set in stone that this is how much money we're going to make on this car, and that's okay because, um, from from my understanding, they pay their salespeople a salary. They don't get a commission, so that's why they have it set up like that. Um, I've looked at some of you know CarMax's prices, and they're and they're right in line with where they should be. Um, but from a negotiation standpoint, it's not really good from the consumer because now, you know, you can you can shop globally now for a car. You know, so the whole set price, no no negotiation. I'm not a big fan of that because I can go find a car very similar to what CarMax may have. You know, globally now, I can look online and punch in exactly what I'm looking for. And nine times out of ten, it's going to pop up at a lower price. So not a not okay. not a big fan of the, you know, if if you're a consumer, and you know you're looking for a specific car. Unless you're in love with that car, that's at CarMax. I'm I'm not a big fan of just going in and saying I'm going to pay that price. Okay. Uh, okay. And and, and then okay. we just have to remember that again, cars the worst investment you can make. Yeah, I think the, the the very first thing you went into uh, when I asked you the first question is is how it's so emotional, and that is absolutely true. And I I would say to you know I guess the, the absolute worst time to go buy a car is when you really need one. Like you're just waiting exactly. there, you got to get to work, man. <laughs> I've been there. I mean, that's a stressful situation because it, and, and it, it's uh, you plan you got to play against yourself almost because you don't have the uh, time to say hey well, you know I'll give me a few days. Or, you kind of need that car right now. That's 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 terrible. It's a terrible situation to be in. Right. Yeah, you got to do your research, and you you have to find a car that matches your lifestyle. And you kind of got to plan for it before you actually need it. You know, if you know you spend a lot of time in the office and you're not going to be in your car a lot, you know, you got to find a car that fits that lifestyle. If you do spend a lot of time in your car, you got to find a car that fits that lifestyle. Find what fits your budget and your lifestyle. That's the most important thing. I, That's the most important. I remember I, sorry, I purchased one car. No, I purchased the car uh, a few years ago, and I, uh, you know, they, they, I, I kind of got an attitude because when I looked at all the paperwork, uh, nobody asked me anything, but I saw that they had included an extended warranty. And I'm like, well, at least ask me. You know, what do you think? If you think I need it, well, if they, you know, well, who's paying for it? I mean, don't just add to my bill. You know, tell me something. You just don't throw this paperwork in there and just say I need an extended warranty. So, I mean, what? I mean, do you think that that's kind of out of line? Uh, on that, the on here or? Yeah, that is, that is actually very out of line. Um, I, I actually did work in finance, and I always ask my clients, "Do you want the extended warranty?" And I would go through each warranty and. Uh, show them which warranty would fit their lifestyle, but to to, to force place a warranty on a on a car or on someone is very unethical. Because uh, a lot of times with the length of warranty that the the basic warranty that's on a car, um, that may still be active on the car. You may not need a new warranty on it right away. You know, if you're buying a pre-owned Hyundai, Hyundai's warranties are up to a hundred thousand miles. So if the car 
I think it's six years or 100,000 miles. So if you don't, you know, if the car's within the six-year term and it doesn't have 100,000 miles, it still has warranty on it. So you may not need to get the warranty. So I think every finance manager, I think the consumer, do your research on the warranties on the car that you're going to buy. Find out what the original factory warranty is, and then then you decide if you're going to keep that car past that that original warranty, then you want to purchase a warranty. You know, and you can pick the warranty that you want. You know, if you're only going to keep it two years past the original factory warranty, then you only need a two-year uh, warranty added on. You don't need a three or four-year. You're just paying more for something that you're not going to use. So that's, that, that's very important to find out what the original factory warranty is, look and see what the year of the car is, how many miles are on it, if there's still factory warranty on it, and then decide if you need to purchase a warranty. Because dealers do make, make profit on the warranty. They do make a profit on the warranty. So you definitely, it's very unethical to force place a warranty on a car. I don't, I don't like that, mm-hmm. that practice at all. Yeah, I kind of, I, I was a little teed off. I started to walk out, but I went ahead and uh, and, and had him take off. But uh, I, I never forgot that. And that's what kind of made me, uh, you know, kind of look at the, the car dealer sideways. You know, my attitude with car salesmen was that you were just, when they when they see you, what they see is a, not a human being, but a dollar sign. And I know there are some good dealers out there and some good salesmen out there. There's no question about that. But it just, uh, it just makes the industry look bad when you come across a salesman that, that kind of does that to you. But, right, and I agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. I, I uh, man, I tell you, I, I yeah, I, I definitely want to, uh, like I say, get my son out of this this car and get him into a lease. But anyway, yeah, we don't have any. Oh, oh, you go right ahead, brother. Oh, I was just saying, I can definitely help you with that. I can definitely help you with that. Okay. Okay, and he, even though his, uh, even though he's an Arkansas, it doesn't matter where his location is, where the car is, nothing like that. No. no. Okay, cool. I okay. Okay, I see we have there's a couple of people in the chat room I see, but they haven't called in. I guess uh, perhaps uh, you're doing such a good job at answering these questions, maybe you're answering the same questions <laughs> they would have had had they called in. I'll make that assumption. But uh, what we'll do, we're going to go into. As a matter of fact, let's before we go into uh, the youth program. Automotive Media Group. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That, believe it or not, that's something I just launched. Uh, I just launched about a month ago. Um, actually, not even a month ago, just a few weeks ago. Uh, right now, we're working on the website. Uh, we do have our Facebook page, uh, Instagram page, and our Twitter page, uh, and we're currently working on the website. Um, I've actually helped my clients uh, for the past uh, four or five years with. Uh, with you know, selling their cars and getting them the max amount of money for their cars. Um, I've been I've been very successful at that, so I decided to uh, kind of make it my own business uh, to help clients with this. Um, and I don't, I haven't listed uh, any vehicles yet under this program, uh, but but I am currently working with clients to get their vehicles listed to get them top dollar for their cars. Because I've, I've seen situations where you know, with me being in the car business, I've seen situations, you know, just like we talked about where. A, a dealership will offer wholesale for a car, and I know personally that, that you know what I can get for the client retail wise. So I you know I try to get my clients retail for their car. I, I basically become your personal salesperson uh, for your car. You know, um, 
So if you go into a dealership and you feel like, okay, well, the dealership, I think my car is worth two or you know, two or three thousand dollars more, and if the dealer doesn't want to give it give it to you or they don't think it's worth that, you know, I'll do my research on the car, I'll check the car facts, and then I'll say, hey, I can I can get you top dollar for the car. And I use and I use various. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go right ahead. Bro. I, I use I use various media, you know, social media sites, uh, uh, different websites to actually expose the car and get the car sold. Um, typically, I have a car sold within less than 21 days. Okay. So that's okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, so uh, all right, that's the foundation of Auto, Auto, Automotive Media Group, and I uh, see, uh, yeah, you. You are on Facebook. You got the Facebook page. I saw that. And uh, I, I imagine if they have any questions, uh, Calvin Purdue is right there on Facebook. You can link up with him. Uh, if you can't find him, which you shouldn't have any problem, uh, you can link up to me if you're a friend of mine and just, just search his name and you'll you catch him through that. But it's Calvin, C-A-L-V-I-N, Purdue, P-E-R-D-U-E. And uh, I'm sure Calvin uh, be he's in the business to, to help and serve and uh you know, I'm sure you'll do what you can for them if they get a hold of you, Brother Kelvin. I sure will. I sure will. Now, you are also a founder, and you have a, a youth uh, basketball program uh, in Chicago. Uh, looks like that you've been doing that. Yeah, you've been doing that for a while, have you? Yeah, it's been it's been six years now. Um, it six started years. off with actually uh, four four founders. I, I, you know, I like to call us the forefathers. Uh, it, it's myself. Uh, Alderman Ramon D. Williams, uh, Avery Maimon, and uh, our uh, dearly beloved Sam Foster, who passed away about two years ago. Um, our, our kids actually played on the same grade school team together, and Sam wanted to, you know, he wanted to start a youth organization or youth basketball team because he loved basketball that much, and I was actually the coach at the time. Uh, so we formed uh, Next Athletics Basketball. Uh, and we, I believe we started when they were in sixth grade, uh, sixth grade. And I, we, you know, we added a few more teams, you know, the organization has gotten bigger. Uh, when, when Sam passed away, um, we were actually in the middle of growing and Sam passed away. And, you know, I, I woke up one, one night and I said, you know what, I'm not going to let this program go. You know, this is something that Sam would have wanted. So I, you know, we changed the logo, we you know, we changed the image and one thing we preach about our organization is that it's bigger than basketball. You know, that and our motto is, you know, beyond basketball, be phenomenal, be next. Um our kids have to have a certain grade point average to play for us. Uh they also have to do uh different things in the community. You know, we have community service like this weekend. We're actually serving breakfast at the Bernadine Manor uh retirement home in Calumet City. With, with Alderman mm-hmm. Williams, our, our co-founder, uh, so we're actually doing a lot within the community with these young men. We have a right now we have a 16-year-old team and we have a 14-year-old team. And uh, you know, colleges look at they don't just look at the fact that you can play basketball. They want to see what you've done in the community, and that's one thing that our organization preaches is that you know you have to be a good young man. You have to do certain things in the community to actually play for this organization. We don't just take any kid. So we're we're, we're very proud of that. Now, where, where are you based out of? Uh, we're actually based out of uh, Calumet City. You know, we, we have kids from all over Calumet City, Lansing, Chicago. Uh, we we okay. have kids from all over, but um, 
And we, so we you, actually practice so you, in Calumet City. Okay. Okay. So you put, yeah, I'm, I'm actually from that area. Uh, I've lived, stayed living in Vernon for a few years in, years in South Island also. So I'm very familiar with uh, the area there. So do uh, – now – you have a league that's formatted right now. I mean, is is, is there a situation where is, uh, kids are interested in joining the league? Are you intended to expand and add different grade levels? Or how, how, how is that? Is it a process that you're working on, or you're just sticking with what you have right now? Oh, we we are definitely looking to grow. Uh, we are actually looking for more coaches. Uh, we we would like to have teams to cover every age group. Um, if there is any young man or any coach that wants to take part in our organization if they have a team that they want to bring over to next athletics we are very open to that um you know they can go to our website and message me it's next athletics basketball at at um next athletics basketball.com or they can email me at next athletics at gmail.com but we are we okay. are always looking to grow always anything okay. anything to help the community and keep these young men off the streets and you know keep them organized and you know we need it, man. It's, it's something that uh, you know, you, we, we, we have to have something to counter uh, what the system's putting out there in, in their brains, man, from, from music to television and so forth and so on. I, I love the concept of doing something in the community. It gives them that sensitivity, that, that conscious, because a lot of these our kids, unfortunately, uh, they don't really have that conscious. They just... Uh, it's just not there. It's missing. And, and what you're doing to have them doing something in the community, showing that people are human beings and have feelings and uh, doing right. something positive, is, you know, is contagious. Right. And that was one of the reasons why we why we named the organization Next Athletic Basketball, with, with the emphasis on the next. Because one thing we preach to our kids is that you can be the next doctor, you can be the next lawyer, you can be the next president, you can be the next whatever. You don't have to be the next NBA basketball player. You can be the next team owner. You know, of an NBA team. You know, we we like my son. He wants to be an engineer. You know, granted, he's good at basketball. He wants to be an engineer. You know, he wants to be the next business owner in the family. Um, that's something that I preached is that next part. It's not just about basketball. It's about doing something different, using basketball as a tool to do something different. And we have very now, is your pro- kids now. Is your program year-round, or does it run concurrent with the with the basketball season? How, how does how does that work? The the, the program itself is actually year-round. Our, our actual basketball season actually starts in April and runs to about August. Uh, with, with most of our kids also playing high school ball, they actually go to their high school teams. Like right now, they're, they're practicing and playing with their high school teams, and they they still do certain things with us as far as in the community and serving the community. They still do that, and and then they, they come back to us in April, and that's when our season actually starts. So during the season, they actually focus on basketball offseason. That's when they focus on community service. Okay, okay. Yeah, I got I got When I'm in town, I got to check this out, man. Uh, I'll definitely in April. Yeah, well, love to have you. Yeah, I, I definitely. It's, it's something worth following and worth spreading spreading the news on, man, because we, we, we need to uh, – you know, our youth need this, man. I mean, it's it's important. I mean, it's the most critical thing that they're missing is is mentorship, and just they're out there just amongst their peers who went to the same, you know, unfortunate uh, actions that that they're in, and that just it just catches on, man. So I'm glad to hear hear this what you what you're doing here. Right, and I and, so, I, and I truly appreciate 
for allowing me to talk about it. As a matter of fact, we'll, we'll actually feature your radio show on our website. So I, I, I truly love and appreciate you for letting us, uh, letting, letting me talk about that because that, that's very dear to my heart. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely for anything. You know, I, I, I tell, uh, I'm always, I've been saying for a long time that I wish the school systems would, instead of, uh, you know, the first thing they have our kids do is walk into class and put their hands over their hearts and uh, pledge allegiance to a system that's not, you know, ain't quite right. But if they, the first exactly. thing they did was teach them, to teach them conflict resolution. Okay, how's it? How's everybody have a seat? We're going to start with their conflict resolution, anger management, critical thinking. The first thing they need to learn from kindergarten to 12th grade when they walk in that classroom to start their day with sensitivity training. Right. And then right. they get into math and English and all that other stuff. They got to get into their own heads and hearts first before they start getting into trigonometry and English and all that other stuff, in my opinion. I, I agree with you. <laughs> have the issue, you know. Yeah. So that, and that's the one thing I love about our organization, that these kids have been together so long, it, it's like a brotherhood, it's like a family. You know, yes. they, they, they eat together. You know, we have team meetings and they eat together. They watch game films together. It's, and yes. I think more young and a more positive male role models should do that because that's what's going to save our communities, the positive male role models. You know, we can sit back and say, oh, well, my father wasn't around. So, no, I, you have to take, like, my father wasn't around. So I took what I was missing and made sure that I gave that to every young male that I come in contact with. It's not exactly. You give them what give give them what you longed for as a kid, not you know give them the same thing. I mean, it's you're right. I mean, if you think, if, if you have been treated bad, that would be uh, to me a, a, a bigger reason as to if you know how you felt being treated that way. It'd be a bigger reason for why you wouldn't treat the next person that way. But unfortunately, it doesn't always like that. Exactly. We all have a we all have a choice to make when we when we get hurt. We can either respond to it with more hurt. We can turn that pain into joy, and I decided to turn that pain from my father not being around into joy through Next Athletics. Absolutely, absolutely, man. But this has been well. This, I mean, time is going fast, man. This this is. Uh, I'm so glad to have had you on uh, to talk about the auto industry, man. It really cleared up some things, and it kind of it kind of softened my uh, myself up too. The, the auto dealers because I was kind of I was a little salty man I was rock salty the kind you put on ice you know I was a little salty for a minute just uh, not having a, a, a trust factor but uh, you kind of let me see some things a little bit different to open up a little bit more and how to yeah coach. I'm glad I can help with that very glad I can help with that but in closing yeah. I, I always give my uh, guests a chance to make a closing statement anything you want to express the heart I want to put out there for uh, everyday people and before we close out and I'll just give you that platform uh, right now brother Cal I, I you know and again I want to thank you for having me on uh, thank you for allowing me to talk about the automobile industry thank you for allowing me to talk about next athletics and you know automotive media group um, but at, at the end of the day if everybody just smiles everything's gonna be all right and and, and thank you again Brother Calvin, thanks a lot, man. Uh, appreciate you. Your, your season starts in April. I'll be keeping in touch with you because I definitely want to uh, kind of put a, put a following on this thing and you know, put some put some voice behind it and expose it and and do whatever whatever little I can to give it some recognition. If I could maybe come and make interview a player or two or something like that, whatever little bit I can do, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to expand the network and these these are the type of things that I'd like to do to, you know, just 
in my way of uh, putting something into the positive stew. Hey, I truly appreciate it. As a matter of fact, you know, if you want to give me a call tomorrow, let, let's do lunch. Let's sit down and talk. Well, I, actually, I'm in, I'm in the St. Louis area actually right now. I, I, I'm from Chicago, okay. but I, I'm on the road. I'm on the road quite a bit, but I will be contacting you anyway when I'm back in town. Yes, we'll definitely uh, we'll hook up and see what we can uh, network and you know just do something positive for the community, man. That's where my heart is now. You know, I'm at the age now where I'm not even living for me. I mean, I, I've, I've done what I'm going to do. I'm, I give myself some too, but I'm living out of, for, for uh, especially my younger son, my grandkids, and you know. Uh, that's where I'm at, man. Just what I can do for uh, people, the people, us. <laughs> Good. So, that's a beautiful thing. Thanks a lot, brother Calvin. You take care, man. Spread the love, peace, and uh, keep it, keep it rolling, man. And uh, maybe we can we'll network and see what we can do. We we, we can do something right. here. And we we're going to. Take All care, right. brother Thank Calvin. You for All right. You You're too. welcome, brother. Take care. Now. All right. Bye. And that was Brother Calvin Purdue. Uh Hopefully, maybe, maybe uh, some of the questions I asked, he answered with some that you had in mind to to uh, to ask. Or if you didn't and hadn't thought of it, maybe he cleared some things up for you too. I, I, I think it was a great education for myself as far as uh, you know, on purchasing a car, what to look for, things you can do, uh, who who does what, talking about the banks, the salesmen, and so forth. Good information. Good information. I want to thank Brother Calvin Purdue for coming on with me. I want to also thank uh, Medina Nance for uh, her uh, advice for natural health uh, prevention and remedies, and uh, look to have them both back on again. And uh, on that note, in closing, I'll just say in the name of whomever or whatever, as a matter of fact, I'm not going to even say that right now because what I'm going to do is what I promise to do the last two shows, and I didn't do it, and I was about to do it again. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play a interview from the South Shirley Union picnic. Matter of fact, I'm going to play a couple of them. i got a little time. Uh, and we will play an interview from the picnic, and we are going to, as soon as I can scroll down and get to it here, and I'm looking for... Here we go. We're going to go with... You'll see right now. Okay, we're talking to Brother Dwayne Bailey. Uh, brother, he came out of uh, Yale Grammar School. You know, a lot of us came to know about Bryn Mawr Parkside, uh, Horace Mann, uh, Bradwell even. But this brother has come from Yale to South Shore. And uh, Brother Dwayne, thanks for coming on with me, man. Not a problem. Appreciate Glad it. to be here. Appreciate it. And uh, we're going to start out the same way I start with everybody else. Okay. When you think back in your days in South Shore, chilling, relaxing, what what comes to mind, man? I know when I think about South Shore, sometimes I could be down and I'll kind of go back into the day and just memorize and remember some things, and it kind of perks me up. What comes to mind when you think about back in the high school days, man? Man, it's just the carefree nature that we had back in those days. Yeah. You know, we all, as you pointed out at the beginning of the, of the question, uh, we all came from different grammar schools, different communities. And we all come together under the South Shore Tar banner, and we merge that and develop friendships that, at this 40-year reunion, uh, as we are seeing today, still last. You know, we're all still friends. 
Uh, many of us still keep in touch with each other periodically. Yeah. So I just think about the relationships that were developed back in those days that are still good and mm-hmm. solid today. Now, who did you have a circle of uh, people at the time? Uh, I, don't, I don't mean you ran in a group, but you know, people that you kind of look forward to have your back and. You know, yeah. you can lean on and, you know, get, you know keep, keep, your, keep your own track to what you're trying to do. You know, did you have a circle of people back at the time? You know, I, I merged between all of the different groups. I mean, I had friends who were athletes, friends who were academics, but yeah. I tried to compete in all of those circles. Uh, probably one of my best friends was uh, Dwayne Adams, uh, everybody knowing yeah, Dee Dee. Yeah, yeah. Right, Dee Dee, that was my boy. Uh, and, you know, one thing that's unique about me and, and Dee Dee also, we shared this together, uh, we worked after school. We worked at the same place. Uh-huh. So uh, I think, uh, you know, it was a blessing, uh, but we missed out on a lot of the school activities because yeah. after school we were going yeah. to work. Yeah. So as far as uh, the educators back then, the teachers that we had, because back then we had teachers that gave a damn. They cared, uh, man. Absolutely. They had some great teachers. Absolutely. Anybody in particular that uh, influenced you? Oh, man, quite a few of them. Uh, Miss Jackson. Uh, was my division teacher it was uh, huge. Somebody else said with me. Yeah. Uh, I would say uh, my uh, Spanish teacher was. Um, oh man, Miss McCormick uh, was significant. Uh, I would also uh, acknowledge uh, people like uh, Mr. Hicks and yeah, Mr. Hawkins, yeah, who were yeah. assistant principals, uh, because they, when it was necessary, they got in our grill. Uh, they made sure that we looked them in the eye and we uh, stayed on a straight track, you know. So I was talking to uh, Carl Fisher, and I, you mentioned Mr. Hawkins. I said, you know, Mr. Hawkins, in his own way, was uh, an unsung hero he really back was. in the day. Yeah. When, when, you, when you look at it for what it's worth, because when you look at how many people he got back on the track, because when we got on track, you remember, I'm sure you heard Hickam Hawkins. Right. Sometimes throughout the we've all heard him from Hawkins and got the hell out of wherever we was, right? That's right. Take Quick. your hat off and move. Quick. I mean, cause he was the kind of a, you know, grab you, right. come up in your face, and he slapped you upside the head if he had to. That's right. Remember, you he know? had a paddle in his office as well. Yeah. A lot of people don't. Yeah. You know, I remember asking for the paddle one day, <laughs> you know, rather than getting the punishment of a suspension. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, no, he didn't give me the paddle, but 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 I do know brothers that did get the paddle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I think they were better off for it, you know, because when you got that, you got a discussion as well. It wasn't just yeah, a discipline exactly, exactly. action. It, 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 you, it was a conversation of what you did, what you did wrong, and what you need to do going forward to get back. You knew it was all in love. When, when, you, when you got to know him, at first you could say, this man, you know, he's an ass, I can't stand him. But you know what, it didn't take long to say, man, you know what, all he's doing is protecting me from me. Absolutely. He's protecting you from yourself so that the police don't go upside your head. Right. And you can see that he sincerely cared. Not, I mean, you know, that's why we love him, man. That's right. You know, right. I mean, we needed that, but if... I hope you don't, nobody tries that today. He'd probably get shot, unfortunately. Any, any word on uh, how he is, uh, you know, with Mr. Hawkins? Uh, he was there last night. What? I didn't see Mr. Hawkins he, 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 left, he left a little early, but Mr. Hawkins came in with uh, Mr. Shapiro. He was there. Yeah, I saw Mr. Shapiro. Yeah. I didn't see Mr. Hawkins. I have a That's picture great. of both of them. He was there. He's, that is uh, wonderful. Yeah, glad, he's, glad to know he's still yeah, he's, around. He's still there, man. Good. He's still there. Good. He still goes to the jazz club every now and then, the Mobetta Jazz. Yeah. I've ran into them there a couple of times. But, uh, yeah, he's, I think he's an unsung hero, man, he uh, is, of South Shore. We, we, we needed him, and uh, too bad the kids don't have it today. Yeah. You know. I, I think it was, a, it, it was a problem in our community when they took discipline out of the school. Yes. You know, we needed that. Yes. You know, schools were an extension of family. 
Yeah. And now they're estranged. And so what we have is chaos. And it's almost, yeah. to me, my personal feeling, I, I think it's by design. Absolutely. And we're falling right into it because all that yeah. stuff is taken away. That's right. So this would happen. That's right. But see, we too into this comfort zone. Right. And don't want to come out of it because it makes you feel uncomfortable to right. accept the truth. So we just deal with it and just keep on going and minding our business and, and self-genocide. Yeah, you know? we got to stop being followers and be leaders yeah. of our own destiny. Yeah. And, and I'm very big on having conversations about things like that that are important yeah. to us. Yeah. You know, exactly. dealing with not only the social issues but the financial issues. Uh, plan better for our family. Stop going from one broke generation to another broke generation. Yeah. How do we get control of our own destiny? You know, we yep. have the power to do that. We just got to take moment, get the education, get the information that we need, and make better decisions. Yeah. So what, what are you doing now these days? Well, I work, as you can tell by my last comment, yeah. I work with a financial services company. Okay. <laughs> and and part of, uh, a big part of what I do is provide financial education to families. Okay, okay. And you, you're local Chicago? Yes. Okay, yeah. okay. Now, here's the question that a couple of people have refused to ask, <laughs> but I ask everybody anyway. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to get me in trouble now. Well, you might surprise somebody, make, well, you might make somebody feel good, saying, man, I didn't know he felt that way, but yeah. who did you have your schoolboy crushes on back in the day, man? Oh, man, <laughs> there was so many, we had so many beautiful women. We, we, as, you know what, yeah, uh, no so doubt. So many uh, good-looking girls. Uh, I, I, I admitted to one young lady last night that she was the one that got away. So, and that, and that was Miss Peaches. I'm sure a lot of people said that about her, because she was just... Yeah. Very dynamic yeah. personality. Right. She was around. Uh, everybody made everybody feel very comfortable, uh, and she's still just as dynamic today. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and I think we all saw some of that in her even back then. I remember we talked at the last reunion. We were sitting there looking there and said, you know what? She, she's she's into something. She, you know, that's right. She just demanded respect. Just what demand just demanded respect. What's up? This is Brother Norman Hall. We're gonna be talking to him in a, in a minute. What's up? Good, man. Hey, good, good. <laughs> all good, all good. But uh, yeah, she, she, she's. Uh, I was telling her when I interviewed her that she had this presence about herself. I said, when you walk down the hall, had you turned around quick enough, you'd have saw a bunch of brothers kicking their jaws up off the floor. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I, right. I, I, yeah, I told her all you had to do was wink at me, say hello. Yeah. I, I would have had a good week, good I, day. I, I'd have passed out probably. <laughs> said something stupid. I just probably said something stupid before I did anything. Uh, so uh, anybody else? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, uh, Renee Felton. Oh, really? Uh, was was uh, yeah, real good. Hey, what's going on, baby? How are you? Now, see, now we got now Jill Carnegie just came. I'm, I'm recording an interview, but Jill Carnegie just came over with Devin McKee, and they're standing right here with us. How you doing? Hi, how are you? Right. Hi, I'd like to thank my friends and my family for being out. Uh, first, I'd like to thank God. This is Jill uh, Carnegie. This is Jill Carnegie <laughs> talking here. Uh, and uh, it's just great to be here. <laughs> Beautiful. Deborah, well, hey, why are you over here? <laughs> we, we will get back to Dwayne in a second, but Deborah McKee, go ahead and oh, take yourself. How you feeling, hey, I'm just happy to be here and seeing old friends and family. I feel 16 again. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Would you? Never stop working. Huh? I gotta keep it going. Keep it going, baby. Okay, we're back with brother. They just happen to be passing by. I gotta let them get their word in. Okay, we're back with brother Dwayne. And what were we talking about, man? We were talking about the uh, talking about picking uh, up the chain off the floor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Renee. Uh, yeah, Renee was uh, good people. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, who else? Um, uh, Tony was a good friend. Uh, Antoinette Brooks. 
Yeah. Remember? Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 You know, we were close locker partners. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, it was, you know, the friendships were just great, yeah. man. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Something about that. You know, maybe it's because I went there, I don't know. But I, yeah. I just think it's beyond that. There's something about this class of 75 that's like, when I think, when I look at this class, I think about the original Temptations, the original Temptations. Yeah. David Ruffin, Eddie, Paul, Otis, Melvin. And how cohesive that was. And there's never, the greatest of all time, there ever will be group. I think about this group here, man. That's it. Now, That's what it. I want to do, this is a, it, uh, give you a chance to, like I do everybody else, make a closing statement, just express yourself from your heart, say what you feel, how you feel about being around the, the Preppy family, and just whatever you want to put out there for the world to hear, because the world can hear it as long as they have internet connected. Wow. Well, I appreciate this opportunity to address uh, the audience and my classmates. I think it's uh, been a great experience to come out here starting last night and again today to just see everybody doing well. And, and that's it's just a blessing to my heart uh, to see that. Uh, we know that we have some classmates that, that aren't here, yep. uh, that didn't make it. Yep. Uh, and my prayers go to their family, uh, you know, for their loss. Uh, but to see so many of us who have struggled and have raised families and so many people have children that are in college and starting their own professional career, it just does my heart a great uh, uh, warmth. I have great warmth in my heart for how we pull through. Yeah. Uh, what we've got to do as a group, though, is figure out how we can come together uh, a bit more frequently than this because I yeah. think we have a lot that we can give back maybe to yeah. the current South Shore students, uh, maybe to the community in general. Yeah. So we need to figure out how we can harness this uh, energy, this uh, dynamic that we all share with each other and how we can share it to the broader community and, and just make impact. And I think that's our responsibility from a generational point of view to the generations coming behind us. That, that's, and that's exactly why I wanted to, to do this, what I'm doing, talk to guys, people like yourself, the ladies right. I'm talking to and bring them out and just and broadcast it, man. If we, if we can just right. get somebody to think a little deeper, my, my, come out the comfort zone and explore right. a little better. And you make, you can see things a little differently and see things for what it really is instead of what somebody's trying to convince you it is. Right. You know, but Brother Dwayne, thanks for coming on, man. I Good, appreciate man. it. Uh, stay tuned. Great. And you'll uh, be on the air next week. Sounds great. All right, brother. Thanks Thank a lot, you. man. Thank All right. Oh, no. 
The gun he held got him expelled. He will never return, for he has earned street recognition for putting ammunition into so many others, hurting so many mothers with the gun he found just laying around. Now the table has turned, because his mother just learned her son lay dead from a bullet to his head. Carrying a gun doesn't make you number one. A finger on a trigger doesn't make you any bigger. While you squeeze and fire, let another child lay dead. Some say with nerve, justice was served. He got what he deserved. While a mother and or father cry tears that flow like water, then tomorrow someone's daughter becomes a victim to the slaughter. As we bury our young, those knowing turn and run, not wanting to snitch and tell who fired the gun. Red light cameras have a perfect view. Over the line, a ticket mailed to you. Blue light cameras on poles everywhere. Do they even function or are they just up there? We call on politicians and the leaders of religions to start up a petition to pray for intervention and hold to the conviction. There is a resolution to give us the solution to save this generation from a plague of destruction, this violent eruption of not living life, just ending someone's life. Give them a voice to tell why they make this choice. Let their story be told about being so cold. Let them talk about their pain so that we may gain an understanding why so many had to die. And understanding why they think if someone dies, it will exterminate the lives of the colors they despise, which in truth is a disguise. It's a symbol worn for lack because no one had their back. We've got to attack this name Chirac. It's time to take this city back. We've got to attack this name Chirac. It's time to take our city back. Take it back. Wow, and that was our South Shore alumni, Poet Laureate, Deborah Allison. Deborah Allison, D-E-B-R-A-A-L-L-I-S-O-N. He's on Facebook. Uh, I think that was an incredible poem. I've played it more than once on my shows. I'm going to uh, make it a part of my show. Uh, powerful, powerful, beautifully written, uh, just smooth, and the truth is something else. And I heard nothing but truth, poetry. Deborah Allison, South Shore High School Poet Laureate. Well, I'm going to keep going, and uh, I have time left. I actually have another 40 minutes. I'm not sure if I'll use it all, but I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm going to play one more of the uh, interviews from the Shell Show Picnic. Uh, this brother here is a cool dude, like all the dudes. But uh, this brother here we're going to bring on right now, and you will see who it is right now. Okay, so we're going to talk to Brother Robert Zachary Taylor. We call him Smokey in high school. That's all we called him a Smokey. I never called him Robert but Brother Robert Zachary Taylor, I've uh, got to tell you one thing about Brother Smokey before we get started. Brother Smokey was a rare quality in that this man joined the baseball team as a freshman, came on, started four years, should have been the most valuable player on the baseball team as a freshman, didn't get it. I was close, but I think Smokey had me on defense, so, so I do... So I, I so I had I would have had no problem had he won and I thought he should have won, 
the brother who won had a good season, but I, I really believe that the only reason Smokey didn't win that MVP is because he was a freshman and the coach felt that he, there may be dissension and him being the MVP among those who were there before him. But I say, to hell with that. So I'm going to tell you right now, man, you should have got that. Oh, well, thank you, thank you, Chief. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Thanks for joining me, man. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? Great, great. Yeah, well, back to that story. Uh, I understood at the time because my my baseball IQ was was pretty high as a freshman. But the brother that got it, Larry Ross, he had a great season, and we still – we we don't talk much, but we we still friends to this day. I I had three more years, and uh, it's all good. I appreciate Keith saying that. But we had such a – such a good time uh, in high school. Uh, I, I kind of wish it was still like that. Yeah. But we're out here at this uh, 40th class unit of year 75, and which I came out in 77. And it's just amazing how few cell phones you see talking. We're socializing, having a good time, having real conversations. So all I got to say is anything that your heart desires, just do it. Don't think about doing it for the rest of your life and then die with it on your mind. Just do what you're thinking about doing and put your heart and soul in it and everything will work out. It's not complicated. It's not, it's not complicated, complicated at all. It's not complicated when at you, all. Uh, when you think back on the days uh, in South Shore, is there anybody who had, or any teachers who had an influence on you that you can say that you took from that point on to where you are right now? Well, I think uh, the U.S. history teacher, Mr. Fahey, I think his name was, okay. he took me to the side and told me uh, that I was one of the smartest uh, individuals he had ever met, but it still didn't make me go to class. You know, yeah, yeah. I kind of regret that now, but if I had took that, that, that step, I wouldn't have the wife and two beautiful children that I have today. But all I can say is... Go to school, get a good education, because so many doors will be open for you in this world. So, uh, so, what, what, what are you doing right now? I, I kind of know, but just go ahead and tell the people what's going on with yeah. Robert Taylor. Right now, Smokey, my, right you now. know, my nickname is Smokey, and I guess this is I, what God wanted me to do. But I, uh, I got a rib, a mobile rib business. And uh, the slogan is Rob's Ribs, Smokey's Chicken, where everything is finger licking. Now, Rob and Smokey is the same person. So if I ever get a business partner, partner, it will fit right into that. So just say your name. Uh, when, when I say Rob's Ribs, uh, Keith's Chicken, where everything is finger licking, that sounds fine too. So if I ever get a partner, uh, I made that slogan so, so uh, it would fit with a partner. But things are going okay right now. Now, if, if anybody wanted you to do an event for them, is there a way to get a hold of you? Yeah, you can get a hold of me on Facebook or just call this number, 312-354-0488. Uh, I tried doing the Internet thing, but I got too busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> too busy. And uh, so just call me, uh, and uh, we can work it out, you know. I, I, I did up to 3,000 people, so... Uh, we'll work it out. Yeah. And, I, and I, I can vouch for this because I, I, I have had Brother Smokey's ribs. And uh, when he tells you they're the best, he ain't lying. I've had many ribs. But I tell you, there's something about this brother and, and what he puts into his food and the time he spends and the love he puts into it that makes it special. So I advise you, uh, if you ever hear of where he is, he has, he's mobile right now. So call him at the number. What's the number again, Smokey? 312 354 
888-447-0488. You can also reach me on Facebook at Robert Zachary Taylor. Robert Zachary Taylor. And uh, you can reach me on Facebook. Just uh, okay. send, a, send a request and I'll confirm. If you all want Brother uh, Smokey to do an event for you, you got the best ribs, best barbecue chicken. He has a mobile grill. He brings it right there on the premises and he'll burn it right there for you. Brother Smokey, here's a question that I've had so far. Two people don't want to answer, but it's all good. You don't have to answer it either, but I got to know, or I'd like to know, back in the days, who did you have your schoolboy crushes on? Donna Norman. Oh, you too? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Don, uh, Donna Norman and uh, probably a young lady named Tawana Lowe. But Donna Norman, uh, she was two years, she came out in 75 yeah, yeah. and she was she was gorgeous when she was in high school. Yeah. You know, and she, did you see her today? Yeah, I've seen her today. Okay. Yeah, she, it's all good. You know, but yeah, I I don't have a problem answering yeah, that. It, yeah, it, it yeah. ain't no secret with that. Forty years ago, forty years ago, forty I mean, years ago, I don't people, give a damn. Uh, people, you know, would be my whole thing. Let people know that they, you know, they were thinking about you back then. Yeah. They just didn't say anything. Yeah. I was yeah. too scared. Yeah. But uh, everybody had their various reasons. Yeah. Okay. Last question. I, you know, I just want you to, uh, as we look around here, man, this is beautiful. And just from the heart, what what comes to your mind when you're around your old South Shore people, man? Well, it's like I said earlier. Everybody is talking. You don't, you know that. You know, we we are actually having face-to-face conversations yeah. and and talking about the good times in the past. I just wish, you know, I believe in the technology and all that, mm-hmm. but it's it's making people ignorant, in my opinion, because they fail to communicate. And yeah. you know, I see a lot of smiling faces. And in today's society, you just don't see a lot of that anymore. Okay. And we should have more of this. That's what it is. You know, everybody's having a good time out here. Well, Brother Smoking, thank you for coming out with me, man, interviewing. I tell you, I heard what you said, but I say you should have been an MVP in that freshman year, that's, that's, period. Yeah, well. That's my opinion. I, re- well, I hear what you're coming from. Look, look. I thank God for giving me the ability that I had to play ball and for people to uh, uh, call me Smokey. A guy named Billy Allen, Billy Allen, I echo all said him name me that uh, back when I was uh, uh, in sixth grade at Horace Mann. Yeah. And I wish I could, I wish I could uh, somehow meet him again, cause it's really sucked. But back to that MVP, the fact that the coach said that I was our nomination for all city shortstop, yeah, yeah, was that. enough for me. I remember. You that. know what I mean? I remember that. Yeah. So that was fine. I don't I have any you. any ill feelings towards Larry Ross. Oh no, no, no. You know he's a great he was a great ball player. Keith was a great ball player. But I don't I don't I just wish I had a followed up on my on, on that dream and yeah. and just listen more to coaches. Yeah. You know it's all good though. But it's all good. I I don't I don't know uh, I don't I don't worry about that no more. <laughs> I hear you. Brother Smokey, thanks for coming on with me, man. I appreciate you. All right, All right man. All Take right. care now. Well, nice seeing you. All right. And that was Robert Zachary Taylor. That was Smokey. Smokey. He was a shortstop on the South Shore baseball team, and uh, he came in. I, I made the team. I was a junior, actually, my first year on the team. I, I got cut as a freshman, and I tell you, it tore my heart apart so much that I didn't even, I didn't even try out for the team as a junior. I mean, as a sophomore. Uh, I made the team as a junior. Uh, at that that year, Smokey was a freshman, and I had a great season, especially at the time. A really good hitter. Uh, Smokey came in and uh, as a freshman, and he was a good hitter also. Uh, but he 
was uh, he had me on defense. He was a better defensive player. I, I got to give it to him. I think, and that's why I say he should have uh, been in VP. And take another from Larry Ross. Larry Ross was a catcher, and uh, Larry Ross had a good season. A good hitter, a good arm, uh, throwing people out. Uh, yeah, I, I take nothing from Larry Ross at all. I just thought that uh, Smokey, uh, had he not been a freshman, would have been MVP uh, of the baseball team. But uh, he was a candidate for Oscar baseball. Uh, I did get an honorable mention, and uh, I was happy with that. But uh, anyway, uh, another great interview. I'm going to take another short break. If you all want to hang with me, I'm just doing what I do right now. I'm just I'm just going to follow through. We're just going to get these interviews in, and I'm going to take a an old school break. And when I come back, I'm going to play one more interview, uh, at least one more, before I shut it down. And uh, we will uh, just keep on rolling like we do. Hold on. We'll be right back.
I will go down being old school. They can put it on my tombstone. Keith, old school, Bledsoe, whatever. I am old school. Ain't nothing like it. Uh, I hope we can bring our music back. I think that when we lost our music, we lost our damn minds. We let them take our music away, and when they took our music away, they took ourselves away. Now look what we're left with musically. They they got rid of the choreographed unifying groups like the Temptations, the Dramatics, Four Tops, the OJs, the Supremes, uh, uh, the, the Model S, the, the groups that had choreography, unity. They had to practice. They were together. They broke it up into individualism. That's why you had the East Coast, West Coast crap. Oh, shit. Excuse my English. I'm serious. Uh, when they brought that in and systematically, systematically, Paid our youth to spew this ignorance. Paid Bob Johnson to have uh, BET uh, with uh, having our youth go from watching Bugs Bunny Road Runner, a cartoon on Saturday morning, to waking up watching damn butt-shaking videos, rump-shaker-type songs, kids. We came up with cartoons. They came up with ass-shaking videos. Then you had the violent video games. And then we wonder what's wrong with our kids. Then we wonder what's wrong with our kids. And you can say, it's the parents, it's the parents. Well, damn it, the parents are kids too. Now what? Hell, the kids can't get to the video game because their daddy too busy playing the damn game. You can't stop right there. You can't say it's the parents and throw your hands up and say, well, they got to do something. No, 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 no. We, we, we got to do something. We got to find a way to get these kids raising kids because we're going to have, we are going to another generation generation. We're going to have kids raising kids, raising kids. What well, damn grandparents are going to damn be kids, at least mentally. We got to wake up people. Let's go. And bringing and getting our music back, a unifying choreographed music back ain't going to fix everything. There is no one thing that's going to fix everything, but it will be a step in a direction to say that perhaps through music we can bring our, mu- uh, our, our unity back just the way they use music to take it away. Okay, so we're going to play one more interview from the South Shore Class 75 40th Year Picnic. And this particular interview, uh, I felt it more so because I could relate to it personally uh, more so than any other. And Hang tight and, uh, and and listen to what this brother is saying, and I'll, I'll talk about him after his interview also. But want to know who it is? Okay, here we go. You'll find out right now. All right, here we go. We got we have. I said this on the show. I interviewed this brother about two weeks ago, and I said uh, starting off the show that if South Shore High School had a Hall of Fame, this brother here would be on the first ballot as a uh, outstanding quarterback back in the back in our days. Some of, uh, he's in the uh, physical fitness now. We had a good show. Uh, he's talking about the power of physical fitness, and he had some really good ideas and really good uh, motivational uh, talk for anybody who uh, may be considering uh, taking control of their life and getting in shape. Brother Kevin, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Good to be here. Absolutely. Now, we, we talked before, and I already asked you about uh, your, your, your time in uh, South Shore and uh, what thoughts you had when you were there. We talked about some football. Right now, as you look around all this here, 
All these sides. We, we got, Jeff, we got Jeffrey, Jeffrey Venardo right here. Right. I came here. He about to say bye. Jeff, say, say something to the people, man. All right. Jeffrey Venardo. All right. Great time being here. Good to see all my old friends and classmates. Hope to do it again real soon. All right, brother. Take care, brother, Jeff. All right. Take care, man. Okay, just uh, brother Jeffrey Venardo. Jeffrey Venardo stopped by. Say, say bye to both me, me, myself and Kevin. But as I was saying before, uh, Jeff came over. What, what do you feel when you, when you look around here and see all this love, man? And, and we, we're old school. We ain't, we ain't talking about no butt shaking, you know, bitch hole, all that kind of crap. We we, we, we mellow, man. I mean, how, what does this do to your heart, man? It's like coming home. Uh, uh, you know, going back uh, like this takes me back to a time when I was really, really comfortable in my life. And yeah. seeing all these old faces just uh, greeting me warmly, you know, takes me back to that time. And it, it's just a real good feeling. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really is, man. It, it really is a, a beautiful feeling. Uh, I don't know if I asked you during the show, but was was there any? Uh, I think I may have, but who, who influenced you back during that time in South Shore? Uh, it was a lot of people who influenced me, uh, but I have to say the Turner Brothers. Uh, the Turner Brothers kind of uh, took me from being a boy to a man. Uh, you know, I grew up in a household without a father. Yeah. And uh, my freshman year in high school, they kind of took me under their wing and toughened me up. Uh, made me do some things that I didn't want to. When I came to South Shore, I was a wide receiver. And the Turner Brothers pulled me aside after my freshman year and told me I was going to be the quarterback. Carl Fisher told me that story earlier when I talked to him. He said he was the quarterback, you were the wide receiver. Y'all right. reversed and, we and it worked out beautifully, yeah. I guess they saw something in me and that year, my freshman year, after that freshman year, they grilled me. I would have to be up in South Shore at 6 o'clock every morning to meet Mr. Turner, wow. and he taught me the mechanics of being a quarterback. Wow. So for about four or five months, every morning during the winter, before the season, I was at South Shore early in the morning, learning how to be a quarterback, and I, I can attest that to, to the hard work of the Turner brothers. Wow. I meant to ask you before, you know, our, our mothers knew each other. They were both crossing guards.
know what I mean? And that kind of retarded my growth. Really? Too. Yeah. yeah kind of went your head a little bit? Yeah, because I didn't have to do much yeah. with girls. Yeah. yeah. And That's interesting. They kind of harmed me later on. That's I didn't really learn how to talk to a woman until I got into college. Because in high school, you know, I was quiet. Yeah. Uh, I did a lot of things, but I didn't say a lot of things. And uh, girls, because of what I was doing, yeah. they just kind of came out. It came out. too easy for you. Didn't get you no discipline and no approach. No at, just... at all. Yeah. Now, I was 21 years old before I learned how to approach a woman on the street. Now I test that to, you know, my little background. That's yeah, that's, a, that's, that's, that's very interesting. I hope people pay attention to that because that can that can ruin a person. Yeah, it, it, it can detour them. I put it like it, that. It really slowed yeah. me down yeah. uh, as far as understanding women. You know, I reaped some benefits from it, of course. Well, of course, and, hell yeah. And that was a good thing, <laughs> you know. At the time, really. Right, at the time was a good thing. But it, it, uh, it was a good experience, so I enjoyed being in the spotlight. And actually, that whole experience is what brought me out of my shyness. Yeah. I was forced to get out of being a shy yeah. guy by all the attention that I used to yeah. get in high school. So, in closing, we've already talked about the, the vibe you get from just, look, just looking around here, man. I see people, I see these faces, and people are just, you know what? I've gone to family reunions, and somebody be standing over here on the side talking about that person. The gripe over here, the flicks. But I have never in any of South Shore reunions heard anybody say anything negative about anybody. I think it's because we had a family environment there. Everybody was on the same page back then. You know, uh, like education-wise, it wasn't a matter of where you were going. If you were going to college, it was just where you were going to college. We all were kind of academically on the same page. We socialized together. Yeah. We did everything together. South Shore was more of a social center yeah. for me than it was a school. Talk about missing school. I hated to miss school because that's where the girls were. Yeah. That's where the dancers yeah. were. Yeah. That's where the sports were. That's where the people were. Yep. And I see a lot of those good faces out here right now. And I think we can make it simple. We just had a good time yep. with each other. Not a lot of fights. Of course, no. back in them those days, there was, was no violence or anything like that. We just had a real good time. We had a great time. time. Never we didn't have no brawls and free brawls in the grass. And None of that People seen each other after school. And it, was, it was a beautiful time. But in closing, uh, you kind of been expressing yourself. But just close it out with something uh, just that you just kind of want to just put out there, man. Uh, just the love and the continuity uh, of this situation out here. And, you know, I hope that this can, this kind of thing spreads throughout our black community. I wish some younger people could see this, that people who have been knowing each other 40 or 50 years can still get along can and, be done. And, and, and reminisce and, and show love. Uh, that's the good thing about this group. That's the number one thing about this group is that we show each other love. Yeah. Yeah. Any disputes that we had in the past, they were minor disputes. They're forgotten, as you can see right Absolutely. now. And Absolutely. There's nothing but love flowing in this park tonight. Brother Kevin Farmer, man, uh, I'm happy to have you on the show a couple of weeks ago. Glad to be talking to you now. I look forward to having you on the show again. We're going to talk about, I like to keep a little physical fitness set, a set going, a segment on the show going. And, uh, you know, just for you to come on maybe on, on occasion for about 15 minutes and, and we'll talk about. How are we gonna get it in? Working good. out, you know what I mean? You because, can count on me. Because we have, I really believe that uh, if, I've encouraged a few people already who have started working out, and uh, that's my whole goal, man. Save your own life. You can save your own life by getting off yourself, like you said, getting up there and working out, man. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It was a lifesaver for me, and I encourage everybody yes, to sir. do it. Kevin Farmer, thanks a lot, brother. All right, Gunny, Kevin Gunny yeah, Farmer. Let me right. get that in there, brother. Still Gunny Farmer, All-American. That's right. Yeah. South Shore High School Football Hall of Famer, if they had one. 
first banner. Thanks a lot, brother Kevin. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. All right. All right. And like I said, South Shore High School had a sports hall of fame. The quarterback of South Shore High School, brother Kevin Farmer, would be on the first ballot. Uh, I said that I could relate to uh, a lot of deeply to what Kevin was saying when he said that he didn't. He was a late bloomer as far as how to talk to a woman. Now, for different reasons, because I wasn't a star athlete. I was a good athlete, but I definitely wasn't a star and a highlighted athlete. But still, uh, it's just that not having that maturity to, especially when you're older, when you can look back at the fact that you, you thought you had something going on when you really didn't have anything. You were just too shy and uh, had no clue approach a woman, and, and, and you pay consequences for that. He, he paid them, I paid them, uh, until we, we finally caught on to uh, the how-to of going about that. So that was interesting to me, you know, uh, that you know, when, you, when you're a star athlete, when you're in high school, in his case, you get all this attention, and uh, you don't have to put forth any effort whatsoever to, uh, to you know, get with the females, and uh, they're throwing themselves at you. You know, because you're an athlete, and that's that's life. But like he like he said, it kind of it, it crippled his progress for a while, and uh, actually wasn't a good thing for him, uh, as it turns out. But he he turned it into a good thing because he grew from that and made himself into the person that he is today. And that part I claim to also. So, brother Kevin Farmer, uh, South Shore Football Hall of Famer. So on that note. Go ahead and uh, close it out. I appreciate everybody who's listened to the show. I uh, see a few people who have hung in and, and listened. I, I, I definitely appreciate it. I hope you continue to listen. Uh, more good shows to come, more great shows to come from uh, the We Are Everyday People Global Internet Video Network. And uh, we'll keep you posted. In the meantime, in the name of whomever or whatever, your spiritual power. Peace and good night.
You were listening to We Are Everyday People.